Hello, G.I. Joe fans. My name is Steve. This is episode 293 of G.I. Joeberg, and we've entitled it The October Guard. I'll be your host on this adventure, but I'm joined by my co-hosts, Paul. God, Hoverish. Let's do episode <laughs> tonight. Yes, it's going to be good times. And Rob. Yes, me, Rob. We all do actions tonight, yes? <laughs> yes, duh. Certainly <laughs> hope duh, duh. not. <laughs> Imagine if we tried Holy to keep that up the entire... <laughs> Gross. What do you mean, Mirjin? What, what are you talking about, Mirjin? This is my action. your voice. I talk like this all the time, yes. We get one-way <laughs> ticket to banning Russia. <laughs> Clearly, we are in fine spirits tonight. Hello, gentlemen. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, oh, happy Father's ah, Day to you, dude. Father's Day to you. You're actually a dad. Well, <laughs> you're you the dad. Know, maybe the two of you have sired some illegitimate little bastards somewhere along the line. <laughs> if that was the case, I'd be so fucking happy, but also annoyed that it was hidden from me. You know? True. Uh, true. Like, Gee, Patrick's, it, like Picard. Spoilers. <laughs> Don't spoil. <laughs> what? Oh my god! I just got Amazon Prime again, man. I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I just Watch got faster. it. Watch faster. <laughs> So, if anyone didn't get that, if you're not Trekkies out there, Rob just gave us a spoiler for Picard season three. Well, luckily Shame everyone's you, struck over. Shame me. on you. Freaking well, Gates McFadden almost I'm, spoiled it. I don't believe in spoilers. I mean, like, get over it. <laughs> spoilers. Fuck. Yeah, but now what'll happen is forever in my memory, it'll be colored. It'll be like, you know, when did There's you no learn coloring. that Darth Vader was Luke's dad? Oh, uh, yeah. Now so you had to ruin that. I still watch. I still need to watch Flash Gordon. Ugh, Paul, you just run Flash Gordon for me. <laughs> what? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's step back from the precipice before we lose any more listeners. <laughs> this is the episode of GI Joe Brook recording in the wake of Joe Fest 2023. It's also recording oh in the God. wake of the Haslabs. So I was about to say Sky Striker because that's a phrase I've said many times. But no, the Haslab Dragonfly announcement, which has now funded and has passed wow. its first tier unlock of Night Force Ripcord. And now we see before us Glenda, the Ooh. Argentinian uh, pilot uh, or chopper, po chopper po pilot? Chopper co pilot. Yeah. <laughs> and also in the wake of the, the news, of them finally confirming the uh, continuation of Joe and Joe and where it's going to be, the current books. Okay. Should we, because this is a comic-centered episode. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> but no, no, we can, uh, this is a podcast. We don't need pictures this is, for We everything. can say whatever the heck we want. Rob, do you want to lead with that, the news of the new publisher? Well, it is Skybound Image Comics. So Skybound is the imprint um, run by Robert Kirkman of yes. Walking Dead, uh, Invincible, et al. fame. Um, cool and cover, hey? if you're watching the, the, the podcast on YouTube, you'll see the first cover for issue 301 provided by Andy Kubert. Which I was so pleased to see. Absolutely, Personally. absolutely incredible. Um, it'll be dropping apparently in November, will be the first issue of the new run. And ahead of that, they also announced that there'll be two other comic books running. I don't know if they're one-shots or a miniseries or something, but I believe there'll be a Duke number one coming out next year, as well as a Cobra Commander number one. Although I Duke haven't read up too much about those. 
But oh, this okay. is Real American Hero Continuum with Larry Harmer, an art by uh, Chris Moonham, who I actually don't know much about. But uh, <laughs> I hope his art's good. I'm, There's I'm a mild excited. spoiler on the cover. Oh, my goodness. Mild in terms real of... Cover? Well, like, when we last saw Duke, he was in the cockpit of the C-130 plummeting towards oh the ground goodness. with its engine on fire. Um, he's on the cover of this new uh, new issue. So I guess Duke lives, guys. <laughs> Either that or it's just a big, exciting cover, just showing off how True. cool the vehicles look and all that. Well, no, so it might not be a spoiler. I'm delighted to see that this cover, at least in, well, in my estimation, seems to be using the characters that were in play at the end of All In, at the end of the IDW mm. run. So and it's even got the Wolverine. It, it's for anyone not watching the YouTube version, if I may describe it briefly, it's kind of an homage to issue number one in that it's got a tank and Joe's adorning the tank and leaping off the tank and shooting basically the camera um, and shooting <laughs> over our heads, uh, except it's got updated characters. And the update to the characters kind of is reflective of the people who, as I say, were in play at the end of issue 300. So we've got mm. Roadblock leading the charge. We've got Duke and Scarlet flanking him. Storm Shadow is on the tank. Covergirl is riding the Wolverine. Um, Dawn Moreno is present. And a Snake Eyes looking fella. Who could it be? Could it be Sean? Could it be the real Snake Eyes? We'll find out. Won't we? Or at least they're standing up. <laughs> true and, and i love how it's framed by the guys in the back uh stalker and someone is it shooting into the sky <laughs> it is so rad to see an andy cubit cover mm. for gi joe i think that's this fantastic. guy used to make x-men such a big thing for me i loved andy andy and adam cubit actually well i i feel like and they're putting joe out cubit, all the, the stops late, i think it's the late joe cubit now yeah they're putting out all the stops for this. And I believe also Skybound will be pushing forward with a shared universe uh -huh. as well between G.I. Joe and Transformers. And I think it'll be cool. introduced in some sort of mini series that's coming up very soon. Void Rivals. Yes. Mm. And that's actually been released. I think it's currently think available. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I need to go read it right now right now i i am actually it's a uh, motor holding it gary v had a had his copy hey so i assume it's uh it's in people's hands and people can make their minds up look it's it's got very little to do with joe as far as i can glean but mm. it does establish this shared universe um it's going to be happening out in space and uh, the transformers are in it so well they've certainly what tried before um, I hope that this attempt uh, goes much better. Well, actually, I'm so glad that you sort of mentioned that because just for the listeners who have maybe joined us or, and are new, uh, what are your um, opinions, guys, on GI Joe and Transformers crossing over uh, in a in a sort of a, maybe a movie world, a comic world? How do you feel about how do you how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, tell us in the comments below. No, or not just you guys, else. not just the listeners. You send us an email. Bags. Oh, you mean us guys? <laughs> yes, it's it's fascinating. I mean, it, it kind of makes the GI. I don't. know. It's interesting, but also the G, it makes the GI Joes less, uh, uh, like powerful in their own right. 
I mean, once you have giant robots, it makes, I mean, what what can G.I. Joe's do against other robots, really? Kill them. (laughs) Well, they can kill them, of course. But, I mean, it it feels like they become less effective when your enemies are these giant robots. Um, They feel secondary to the the actions of the robots a lot of the time. I mean, I think some people have pulled it off pretty well. I mean, I think Tom Shirley's uh, Transformers versus G.I. Joe or the other way around was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. He did a very good job of kind of like marrying the two franchises together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm always open to seeing like where things will go next. And with Robert Kirkman on board writing this, um, at least the start of the shared universe, um, he's he's a smart writer. He's written a yeah, lot of very really long term stories, and he thinks. I mean, it, it appears that he thinks big. You know, I think he he can write things very long term, and he uh, it always feels like he has a plan of of kind of where he's going. Um, and I, I, I yeah, generally, I would, I would trust in him to kind of put forward a very interesting interpretation of Transformers GI Joe. And you, Steve, where do you come from on this? I'm always going to give it an open mind, because cool. yeah, it if you do that, you get to go down the amazing like fever dream Technicolor. Uh, world of Tom Shirley's Transformers versus GI Joe, mm. uh, but you also get to go down the world of um, Aubrey Citizen's um, death of GI Joe comic books um, <laughs> with Scarlet Strike Force, uh, because that happened in the wake of Revolutions, and mm. I guess I was intrigued by the fact that like on the, on the GI Joe team you have a Decepticon Seeker jet. That's mm. that's a fun little curveball, and puts mm. you in a very strange, uh, and exciting new headspace. So yeah, like uh, I'll always be interested to see GI Joe juxtaposed with something else, and Transformers is their nearest, I suppose, toy franchise. But in my opinion, the most successful integration of these two is if you think about them as uh, like toy box rivals. You know, if you have that level of playfulness as Tom Shirley brought to his action sequences, that makes things more interesting because it does kind of eschew believability and realistic, you know, action for more fanciful stuff. And mm. that's that's where yeah, a, a, a G.I. Joe and a Transformer can stand toe to toe. Um, and the action becomes interesting and unpredictable. So I don't think we're going to get that with this. I think we're going to get very kind of realistic presentations of these two worlds uh, a la the devil's due run mm. you remember that oh yeah of course mm. i'm actually it quite was a fan great at the time but like when you see what can be done when these t- two mediums kind of meet in this almost toy box space as i say with uh, the, the tom shirley book uh you kind of wish that that was how it was always handled mm. you know it's hard it, it hits hard as hell but it, it has a light touch, if that makes any sense. You know, it packages yeah. itself so... It's whimsical. Yeah. So wackily, yeah. But it, it, it yeah. still tells an extremely moving and and uh, interesting story. Anyway, okay. I think that's enough of an answer to your question. Guys, Joe Fest <clears throat> 2023. Well, it's an answer to um... my own question. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you ask a question of me and, and Rob? Yeah, because... Yes, you know, it's, it's all three of us have an opinion. So well, I would like to see what you guys think as well before I jump before in and the whole thing. Um, Hell yeah. 
well, just for the listeners' sake, for new listeners and stuff like that, I'm a big fan of this happening. Uh, I think it's a cool idea. I think uh, I kind of like the idea of Transformers and G.I. Joe being a thing on the big screen uh, and on media uh, because I feel like we can get spin-offs and things like that and maybe start telling the real G.I. Joe story. I um, don't know how I feel about them being an ever-present thing in the comic books, but I suspect that will be a, um, a symptom of the success of the movies uh, if the movies are successful, which I really hope they are. And I also think that this is a little bit, um, I don't want to say late, but it should have happened sooner. It, I think it could have happened three G.I. Joe, or at least two G.I. Joe movies ago. I think they should have just brought the Joes in. Um, and I've always said, and I'm going to say it again, the military action in the Transformers films are still the best G.I. Joe movies. And yeah, they could have just integrated it in from there and just made it a whole thing. And Hasbro could have made lots of money and it could have been great. So let's see if they get it right this time. Cool. There we go. That's my opinion. Hell <laughs> Thank yeah. <you. laughs> Joe Fist, I am very envious of everyone who got to go. <laughs> it looked like it was a fantastic time. And it looked like tons of Joe Joburg uh, friends and patrons and got to be there. And it looked mm. like absolutely incredible yeah shout out to members of the berg force who were in attendance wearing gi joe berg shirts we yeah. appreciate you we see you thank you we felt very included and yeah it was it was nice to see you all together fellas that's yeah. quite special and uh, i'm i'm glad you became online friends and now Physically. real this physical yeah exactly <laughs> you Lovely guys got comes to mind <laughs> also, a big shout out to that that hunk of love known as Hans Chow, dude. <laughs> oh, you know, just a light bulb. Go down a slippery slope now. Are you gonna name drop one and not everyone else? Why no, Hans I on just pedestal? <clears throat> hmm? no. I'm Gaz gonna name in the drop... chats right now. I'm specifically name dropping Hans because uh, Hans had a very similar experience to to GI Joburg in that he, you know he went overseas to go to uh, uh to joe fest and um he got to meet a lot of the people that he's uh, you know friends from the Force and all that and he was just so cool with like putting pictures up and just if you guys know hans in any capacity you just know that this guy's just a light bulb you know you put him into a room and he just lights people up around him and uh yeah just uh, had to just wanted to do a shout out to hans because he's just such a sweet and awesome human being and it was just fun to see his pics. Another guy who was also really cool to see online was um, our good friend, uh, Zazzle. Zazzle? Zazzle? Uh, and good him friend. living out... He's such a good friend and I just pronounce his name. <laughs> because I Sergeant. always feel like I get it wrong. So I just Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse. Australian yeah, accent. Zazzle. Zazzle. And he also had an incredible experience. And... Um, it was also great to see his whole thing. I mean, he was doing warrior races or something with the guys and, <coughs> and all kinds of stuff that was going down. So He and Sergeant Slaughter's daughter, Kelly Remus, uh, they've become online friends and now physical friends. We've got to find a better term for it than that. Um, <laughs> really? Like, before he even worked out his uh, jet lag, they were doing some kind of like serious obstacle course race. Ah, like some kind of survival challenge course 
I mean, she put him up to it. She was like, you're doing this, boy. And he was like, okay. But it looked like, I mean, he, he made it to Jofis, Joe, Joe still on his feet. So he must have fared <laughs> okay. It didn't wipe him out completely. Hey, guys, do you remember our experience at JoeCon? Like, we, we were just running on borrowed time. We were so exhausted. 15-hour yeah. flight followed almost immediately by a 15-hour drive. Yeah. <laughs> more than 15 hours? I don't know how much time we spent in that car, but... We lot. got there like shadows of ourselves. Yep. And then it was joke joke on. And then it was like, it's go time, guys. We were alive. Hard but it was amazing. Stuff. Max mm. respect to anyone doing massive transits to get to the show and then still have the show and be present and be excited and energetic because it's it's a big ask. It's a big big drain on you, really. Um, there was lots I'm of sure you're still feeling the effects. Yeah, oh, for sure, sure they do, but it, but it's kind of balanced by how awesome I, the experience was, I'm sure. I hate how my, like, and I don't know if you guys got this from that experience, and but I kind of feel like I was so overstimulated by the awesomeness of everything. You know, the, you know, going to JoeCon, meeting all the cool peeps, you know, seeing everything, being in America for the first time, that I think my brain, like, I have trouble remembering certain things from that event. And I, I'm so glad that we took so much footage. And when I say we, I'm so glad that Steve took so much footage of, of that event. And, you know, because, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like my brain is burnt out on certain things and I just couldn't remember them. It was just too much for it. Well, unfortunately, our entire experience is, well, as long as YouTube exists, is documented there. So we can always go back, Paul. Thank God. Hmm. I will really... argue that it's um, not the entire experience. <laughs> some footage was lost. <laughs> but, but Well, yes, that too. But also uh, a lot of the experience will be kind of locked in my, my private vault. Yeah. Uh, not, not on any kind of footage, but just like uh, I, I do have some strong recollections around that time. And that's, hmm. that's for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guys, can I? Happy place. I learned something the other day. Um, and, and and it's quite interesting. Yeah, I know we learn things every day. Can't teach but an old dog. There was a YouTube short, and this guy was just mm. showing how to catch this one specific type of photograph in New York, and how it's kind of a rare thing, and it's kind of a little bit of a touristy thing. And Steve, you know, when we were walking in New York, and the sun sort of hit the horizon, and it hit the buildings, and it just made it all red, and it was just really beautiful. You even we even got shots of that, and it's in the documentary. Um, mm. That only happens like two days in a year or something crazy. Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. How special. Of the, the buildings oh. are arranged on Manhattan Island in a very kind of linear grid pattern. Yes. So for the sun to have the exact angle to dip between buildings like that, maybe. Yeah, no, true. Magic. Like, to get, to uh, get a, a sunset through a a very long passage of skyscrapers is not as easy as it seems or well it seemed that day i thought oh this must be a common occurrence it happens every yeah, day yeah we just took it for granted like hey cool <laughs> great shot opportunity mm. there were no crowds there's no nothing we were just like wow <laughs> Take a i hadn't i hadn't thought of that but like if you are a new yorker and you're listening to this and you're like you South Africans have no idea what you're talking about. It happens every hey, single fucking day, man. Down here. Yeah, <laughs> like have have a sunset that dips basically on the horizon line. Well, not quite. You've got, I suppose, New Jersey out there, um, and a bit of the the Hudson, 
I hope I'm remembering correctly which which way I'm orientating the sunset. But yeah, to to have a, a sunset like golden red golden hour, um, right at that last moment between the buildings, pretty That's cool. A special thing. Yeah. yeah, it looked like there was, was a lot of really cool. Twenty twenty three. What? Yeah, what I was going to say. Mm. Uh, there's tons of really cool stuff. I think Action Force had a had a, had a bunch of cool new things. Mm. What did you see announced? from Wasn't the, the, the uh, wasn't there a female the... a new female character they announced? Um, I wish I prepared better. <laughs> this is too much. Eclipse has sort of war paint. I think they called her war. Yes, it was. Yes, she reminded me of um, the character from uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. I think it is. Mm. They had an exclusive available for uh, well, you redeem them with clipping your action points, um, and that was a condor in a very chuckles-esque floral shirt with a like a blue undershirt that's pretty yeah, cool looking stuff and of course they had the the resin i think it's resin or whatever the, the model of their uh new vehicle forthcoming 16 mm. scale uh or for like four-wheel drive uh, jeep buggy i don't know what you'd call it i forget the name but it can hold SUV. six it can hold six Action Force or Action Force adjacent <laughs> action AFD. figures. Amazing. And as it's been said, I, I listened to um, who did I listen to? on ah, What's on Joe Mind the other day and they were saying like, yeah, in, in terms of a land vehicle, it will be able to balance your, your his tank. You know, it's a substantial 6-inch scale military themed vehicle and so if you need something on land to, or <laughs> if you need something on your massive classified series shelf, slash action force series uh, shelf um that will balance the his hopefully it's gonna be a very very uh capable shelf to hold all that weight <laughs> but yes you guys gone are you still there no, no, I'm, no just, I'm, I'm definitely still here paul is just amazed just yeah, I'm just quiet because I'm always worried that I interrupt you guys too much <laughs> I, please do I I must uh plead um my own ineptitude my inability to find pictures but the operation recall panel was a great hit i watched it i tried to find refind at least images that i have seen because on the wall during the uh, presentation and i think thereafter were the turnarounds of all, all of the figures ah. and i can't i can't find it but i I, I I backed Great White as my like my pick of the litter, but I think I'm gonna switch to uh, Night Raid and Aussie because no. for the first time ever we've got like quite a portly sculpt. In fact, Night Raid, if you're savvy and a GI Joe fan, as I know you are, is a better horror show from the October Guard than the horror show produced by Hasbro back in the comic mm. three packs because that horror show does not convey the heft that horror show should have. Whereas Operation Recall has delivered to us a big figure, like hefty, like he's got a big gut and I love that. It's it's so mm. unique in the O-ring G.I. Joe line to have like a guy who's thick and Night Raid is such a figure. So yeah, he's unique. I'd love also, to get one of those. Bengal has 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 jumped out at me as well as being beautiful, like the um the Indian sniper. Yeah, she's 
gorgeous. So yeah, there are there are new directions being pulled at me. And fortunately, if you have uh, backed this project, or if you haven't backed this project, there will be ways of of getting these figures. Um, but that's um, still a long ways off. It's probably next year at the earliest. Yeah, I mean, they're not going out of their way to make this cool stuff and then not make it easy for you to buy it. So <laughs> true. But true, true. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that I can somehow acquire all of them. Uh, you know purely because I like them and they actually get me really excited, which is a nice thing to have with toys. And also it's just great to support something that I believe in as well. It's what so. we as GI Joe and I'm sure the community wanted Hasbro to get round to once they got over the damn main character hump of their yeah. O-ring relaunch, which has stalled exactly. and has actually toppled into oblivion, I think. Um, but you know, we never got any new blood, any new characters out of it, other than Wade Russell, the backseat man for the Sky Striker. But that's, of course, behind a, a wall of exclusivity. As far as getting carded new G.I. Joe characters are concerned, Operation Recall, Callsign Longbow, and now Delta 17 are your best yeah. bet. Oh, wow. These are cool. <laughs> Delta 17 had pa paint, it had um, sculpt. Uh, what would you call them? I don't know. They, basically, they had the, the prototypes, and they yeah, also had the, the They had prototypes <laughs> that were painted, and the paint I have got to admit in close up doesn't really hold up so well. It was a very gloppily applied paint, but I mean that's it's hand painted, so it's it's not going to be. Um, yeah, those are just the the show off samples, the prototypes. Yeah, yeah, but they're gonna look much. Much, much better, I'm sure, when they... These look so cool, man. They are amazing, and it gets even better with the accessories. Like, it all it's seems very, well. very three and three quarter inch O-ring uh, genuine, but mm. it does things that we haven't seen before. Oh, I see For an instance, animal companion. There is an animal companion. Um, the one gentleman has... I, I don't know the names of these characters, forgive me. They're all kind of fairly new to everyone. But the radio man who has the mohawk has mm. a sort of a radio pack that pegs into the frame of his larger backpack. But it uses the standard backplug port. So you can have him just wearing the radio. You can have the radio plugged into the larger backpack. Or you can just have the larger backpack without the radio. So it's and it like a small feels... Alice pack that he's got. Sorry. Like that, it plugs into. Anyway, carry on, carry on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. But yeah, it's got all this sort of the, the hallmarks of O Ring Joe in that you've got knives that sheath to the backpack. Uh, you've got visors that flip up and down. Uh, these pictures are courtesy of Scott Brown on Twitter. I must discredit. But yeah, they are very good looking figures. Swords that and sheath into the backpack. And plug into a character's forearm by the looks of things. Nice. You know, He's got a re removable hand. I think the G.I. Joe classified line is really impressive from a sculpting point of view. And I think some of my criticisms about how weapons are stowed on the Joes themselves uh, has been made quite well, or is quite well known. But uh, it still blows my mind to see that a company like this, who is doing three three-quarter inch o-ring figures has found a way to mount weapons to the backpacks that are so much better than a six inch gi joe i don't know how they do it i know how they do it because they thought about it thank you delta <laughs> 17 thank you 
It looks a very good looking figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Legends of the Hidden Force funded. It came down to the wire. Oh, God. I was too scared to look. I, um, I, there's something that I wanted to mention about them and didn't get around to, and this is quite an interesting uh, point in their favor, that the grips and clips are Lego compatible. So the what? way the swords connect... Interesting. They have a post that is the same diameter as a Lego sort of aerial post. So any kind of rounded oh, wow. Lego... Three three-quarter inch, I mean, uh, a 0.3 millimeter type thing. Yes, so th they have a, a plug point that allows you to plug one sword's base to the other sword's base to make that a, a, a compound weapon or sort of a, I don't know what uh, you call it, double-bladed you know arc and, and that also means that the, the Kusari Gama, is that the Correct. sickle thing, also yes. has a very Lego-savvy clip system to its chain, and it's a clip system that would then link it to the handle, so it's all very standardized and universal. Mm. Interchangeable. Mm. Yeah, the weapons can be custom, like, yeah, exactly, fully customizable in that Lego sense. Very interesting. Then, if I may add, if it's compatible with that uh, that size Lego piece, then it also means that it's going to be compatible with Gundam stuff, and that's fun. But there's also a line of, of model kits from Bandai called 30 Minute Missions. And they do these really amazing weapon packs and all kinds of cool stuff like chains and like ninja weapons and things as well that um, have three or 0.3 millimeter um, holes and pegs. So I suppose you wow. can also reach out into that side of the world to, to modify your, your uh, Legends of the Hidden Force. Fortress. Your Lego figures are going to be well equipped. <laughs> You're going to have such badass just ninjas, dude. That's another ninjas, toy line. Ninjas, ninjas all day. Ninja, ninja Malama. If there's anything we neglected to mention about Joe Fest 2023, well, we ain't a fucking news channel. <laughs> Get that from full force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, would have been, we would have yeah, loved I, to have been. But, I'm uh, really enjoying the coverage that I'm getting out of the guys who were there, our brothers from Order of Battle Pod, from Podcasts from the Pit, and also from Chaplin Assistance Motorpod. Thank you, gentlemen. I've listened to your stuff. Well, I've listened to the stuff that has been released yet. <laughs> I, I imagine there's stuff in the pipeline from those of you who haven't yet released your episodes, but it's lovely to get this appreciation of the event from different angles and just listen to everyone's story. Good times were had by all. All right, shall we talk about comic books? Yeah. Whoa. Did you want to talk about the dragonfly, Paul? I see there's an image. Oh, in, I, just, an uh, image I just felt like, you know, with the last uh, episode, it hadn't, it had like just funded, uh, but we hadn't. No, it had not yet. been announced yet. It hadn't even been announced. We had speculated. We were waiting for it. We're mm -hmm. still waiting for them to announce that dark figure. So now we have a picture. <laughs> I've got a few things that I want to say about this design. You love um, the base. Um, you know, we had such a cool chat about the dragonfly and like cool attachments and cool stuff that they could have put onto this thing. And like, yeah, I get it. We're not like the kings of the universe or anything like that. But I mean, it's pretty typical. It's like, yeah, it's a helicopter with like bombs and stuff. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. Um, yes. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> but it's just... Like, I don't know. I'm just a little bit like, it's very generic. I, I underwhelmed. Kind of, 
And yeah, I was very underwhelmed. I was actually sort of like low-key hoping it was going to impress me and just kick me in the nuts with the awesomeness. And it may have even done that if it was if the canopy wasn't so round. I really I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think they should have just stuck with a more angled canopy. I think it would have looked much better. But that are you not impressed a... that they created a, a, a helicopter that's to scale with the classified no. characters? I mean, no, I'm not, not impressed because really, Valibus has done a vehicle that's to scale with these figures as well. And I'm pretty sure there's like 50 uh, companies in China who've done the same thing. So <laughs> I'm sorry. And I don't think the design is that strong. I think it's very generic. I, so I you know. feel like they've kind of they've made it more generic than the original Dragonfly? In a lot of ways, yes, actually. Like, um, you know, uh, Bart was posting some pictures of the original uh, Cobra. Um, helicopter, which the dragonfly is based on. Well, when I say it shares some, it shares some characteristics with it. And I'm like, why didn't they just keep the canopy the same as the as the the source material? Because that looks so much better. But anyway, that's me. I'm speaking with my more sci-fi, <laughs> more sci-fi. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not it's feeling like more it. filled out. It, it's is able to see more. And that front well, I think... feels more like a like a like a cockpit, you know. It's like a nipple. It's like two like pieces. <laughs> um, that said, I think the blast effects actually look really <laughs> impressive. And yes, although I think the, the weapons and stuff are very generic, they are very pretty. They are very well made. Um, blast I effects. Think guys, I think the guys who are going to be getting this, uh, this thing are going to be very happy with it. And I think in a lot of ways, it's a very cool toy. It's just it's not cool enough for me personally. I do think the Wild Bull, however, is a masterclass. Um, because that mm. face sculpt is freaking amazing. And I get all of the wild bull vibes from that. And I'm like, yes, they nailed the shit out of that. <laughs> um, so, so but now, everybody's going like, to whine about something, you know? So I oh, know for sure, definitely. But now that we're kind of like into this already, I mean, then we have wild bull. They've obviously we've got Rookboard coming. Uh, if it hits at Glender, what do we think that the, that next figure is? Is it airborne? Is it dock? My mind's I... on airborne. The conventional like wisdom on this box. is that it's not going to be a major character that would get <laughs> single boxed classified release. Mm. So that if you think like that, then they, they wouldn't put airborne or dock behind a paywall. I think we were foolish uh, and, and in, in assuming they would in the first place, because that would be wholly unfair to fans of those characters who don't want to buy a $275 massive helicopter. I and suppose they haven't done that before with the Pentor or Mindbender, so... No, yeah, so you were able to that. get them on their own. You didn't have to buy a Terradrome to get them. But you can't walk into a store and get them. That's, that's... Boo-hoo-hoo. Paul, you can't walk into a store no way anyway. Anything. Any classified <laughs> G.I. Joe. So yeah, that's true. But... For a Southern Hemisphere suckers. So you're thinking more, more obscure, Stephen? I mean, hopefully well, it's in not the same vein pilot. as Glenda. I don't know if Glenda will necessarily move the needle for the campaign, but certainly the question behind what third unlock could be will move the needle. This thing will fund to all three of its tiers, guys. It's far too early to be saying, oh, no, no it's sure. slowing down. It's not going to hit the at first tier. At this point, like... we're at 29 days. I mean, it's always, what, a huge rush at the start to get it funded? It's not um... even the 1st of July yet. People haven't been paid yet, guys. People want to exactly. make sure they can move well, funds I know. around. I, I mean, based on history, or at least what we've experienced, it's usually there's a huge rush at the start. People mm -hmm. do enough to kind of unlock at least the first thing to kind of like get a taste for like what's coming. Not and for the rank. 
<laughs> well, for the anything of G.I. Joe. Not for the engine of justice. <laughs> Not for that lightsaber from that chick. Jeez. Um, oh, <laughs> Not for um, Near the end, near the end, I think, yeah, there will be a huge rush. I think I think you're right. This is, will definitely hit all tiers. People, I mean, $280, yeah, I think this is going to get huge. It's, it's going to go, it's going to sell bubbles. I agree. Is. I think it's going to do very well. It's not crap. I'm just, I don't like it. To answer oh, your I don't question, like it Rob, like to spend that money on it. That's Glenda, Glenda tips Hasbro's hand a little bit, unfortunately, into uh, showing us that you're only going to get repaints in this um, campaign. <laughs> like beyond Wild Bill, who is uh, by rights all original part well not maybe oh, i don't know i haven't actually looked at his part but he's an outstanding figure and looks correct glenda you see she's got throwing stars on her gauntlet which is true to the original figure because it was a scarlet reuse in argentina yeah. however in a classified you know update if you're going to do the glenda character right maybe she shouldn't have ninja weapons yeah, being a, a, yeah no. exactly being her own so, character we know that that is just the the, the 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 prelude to the forthcoming classified, more classic looking Scarlet, which I green. might be Sorry, interested yeah. in purchasing. And I'm not a classified guy, but just to have a cool looking Scarlet in a classic outfit, if that's mm. around the corner, I would get that. Um, Otherwise, so we're going to get a say, green pilot snake, guys. <laughs> I'm going to say a... A reuse of the flash mold uh, like a bombardier mm. an international joe reuse of the flash mold because we've already seen flash's weapon with glenda which tells us yes classic flash is also coming along the along the pipe so they're going to use that same sculpts and tooling and construction for yeah an international joe and I'm well go... i mean now we've filled the cop okay yeah no that's it that's that's where i'm going all right well, we I filled like the copy now. What to say? Uh, oh, what did this. he say? He was like, Hawk was all over the promo. They have most of the parts for version one Hawk, uh, aka Breaker, or slash Breaker, and they did a Mickey Mouse Cobra Commander. Hawk would be a cool, uh, would be cool with a jump jet backpack. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's quite logical, actually. Yeah, but I mean, as I was saying, like I think we filled the cockpit now. We have co-pilot and a pilot. We have a dude for the one tread. And now we need someone for the other trade, someone else to jump off or to fly <laughs> off. Uh, so, good call. Good call. I still want a duck. I think <laughs> duck's going to jump oh, off and fly. Well, that, that's something yes. that I also wanted I'm to raise. And this is, they haven't got a duck, personally. This is, this is a point that uh, Action Robot Punch made in his video uh, review of the campaign mm. that it's a little strange on an attack helicopter to have the winch now moved to the side because that's yes. a sort of a rescue feature which yeah. if you've got the, the the hook on the center line of the helicopter that can be used for sling loading not mm -hmm. so much when it's off to the side so mm -hmm. this like this should be a helicopter that has internal space if you're going to have a winch that is like a rescue winch on the side like that they did it with yeah. the Eagle Hawk. No, they didn't do it with the Eagle. They did it with the huh, the, the night attack chopper from the new sculpt era. That was a cool inclusion because that did have a, a cavity for crew or for uh, passengers in the back. Um, so it was done well, surprisingly, in the new sculpt era. 
and and then the eagle hawk moved it to the side but then it was below the cockpit so that was that didn't work and equally here we've got a, an attack helicopter with no internal crew space or uh, passenger space um and and it's it's off to the side so what are you hitch- yeah. witching, witching? It's that baffling <laughs> as to what the intention is with that. I mean, it's easy to see what the thinking is. It's a realistic-looking helicopter witch, uh, but doesn't integrate well well with this thing's modus operandi. Anyways, overthinking this, but thank you for uh, Action Robot Punch for for alerting me to I don't think you're overthinking weird it design all. quirk. I actually didn't realize that about the winch. I dislike it even more now. Well, I, I picked that up. I realized that the Paul, winch was... stop shitting on this campaign that you have no intention of backing anyways. It's I, a cool I will shit on, I'm a fan. I'm allowed to shit on things. It's what we do. No, I'm kidding, man. Fans. Um, I, like I said in the beginning of this, I'm happy that guys are happy for this, that they're excited about it. I'm just not one of them. And I'm kind of glad because I don't really have $240 to spend on this. So, $275. Oh, well. Before tax are. and postage. Even less. I have even yeah, I have even less of a chance. No, I'm not well, trying to be sour here. I'm just like for that amount of money, it has to blow me away. And for me, it hasn't blown me away. But you know, it's two hundred and forty dollars for me tank. is different than it is for a, for an American citizen. So yeah. It's cheaper than a Dodge Charger with some flame effects. There we go. Think about oh, that. God, like this G.I. Joe's Haslab team have too. managed to undercut the competition within their own company. Yeah, it's interesting, very interesting. So it's balling, and they have clearly established themselves head and shoulders above Star Wars and Marvel in backers' fervor. Like this thing mm. funded in twenty six hours and twenty minutes, whereas other like vehicles from what should be objectively more popular, more massive yeah. uh, franchises. Mm. did not did not get off the starting blocks so like classified are on a hot streak man i want to see where this goes i want to see how many collectors have to build extensions onto their houses to you know fit the fucking classified pterodrome that they'll eventually make (laughs) the sky's the limit or our pockets our own ability to 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 purchase this stuff is the limit here because Mm. the popularity of classified is Incredible through the roof at the moment. It has it has been proven to be yeah yeah yeah. Don't worry, soon they're gonna do a they're gonna do something in this that's gonna blow me away, and I am gonna like froth at the mouth with excitement for it. Good, you better. I'm not a hater, you know. You guys know me very well. I I I get very excited about about things. I just at the moment I just have to be a little bit rational about it. You know, (laughs) that's all. In the chat, Spoon Killer asks a very important question. One that I am very remiss in not addressing, and I'm glad he reminded me. He asks, are they doing a campaign for Delta 17? The answer is no. These figures are scheduled to come out at the end of the year and have not needed crowdfunding to do it. They've been privately funded and produced the way it should be. (laughs) Uh, Showing the big companies how it's done, basically. Uh, You know, I'm looking at you, Hasbro. These yeah, figures are money going back. to be available to us without any kind of upfront investment. So uh, I don't know how they did it, what pact with the devil they made or how they got it right, but the guys behind Delta 17 have done it. They are producing figures old school, 
on their own. Ooh, school. Uh, and uh, all the signs point to yes, they are going to make it. Spoonkiller wants to know he well, he hopes that they will make it, and um, we ah, all they do. will. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm very excited to see this happen. Make it happen, like <laughs> the October God makes things happen and disappear and come back. Speaking for you. of October God. Toverish, my friends. So I tasked the gentleman with reading the first appearance of the October Guard in issues six and seven of G.I. Joe, a real American hero. And then the final appearance of the October Guard in special. What a pleasant fucking experience. Not special issues. I'm not tipping my hand. The October God's final, as of recording, the October uh, October God's most recent appearance in print mm. has been in issue 290 of the Ooh. IDW continuation of Larry Harmer's G.I. Joe, a real American hero run. So my question to the both of you is, is twofold. Mm. Which order do you want to tackle these? And which order did you actually read them in? Wow. That is a difficult question to answer. Um, well, part two is easy. I went backwards. Actually, I didn't go backwards. I wrote, I read 290 and I read six and seven. That's how I did it. Uh, yeah, I was like, I want to know the end of these guys' story before I read the beginning. Did it color your reading of them in the early issues to know how they I, wind up? Oh, to, to know that like um, they're they're essentially invincible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah plot armor um, yeah. No, to know that they're all alive at, in 290 um, does clothe uh, them in plot armor but there's a twist there's a twist there is a twist mm. also, I don't think it did I think it okay. was just an interesting continuation of the story I mean it does change the the, the way you do look at them but I mean in the end they're, they're a group of characters you know like longtime characters in the, in the, in a in a franchise some will die but i mean some will always come back so in a way that some of them would always have had plus some sort of plot armor what paul which uh, order did you read them in oh god mm. um okay so Seven, when i first six, started reading the, so i read the the modern one wait but no but i didn't read the whole thing i read it up to a point <laughs> and then they said wait wait for it and then they kind of like referred to issue 24 or something you know oh, to a real american hero issue volume 24 snake hunt a volume so like, 24 yeah because then like i kind of see like okay cool diner's been shot whatever's okay wait hold on there's something i'm missing here and then i stopped reading it and then i went and then i looked at issue 24 of oh. era and i was like so what volume is 24 happening Paul. Yeah, well, they volume twenty-four. So is that yeah. yeah, so that must be the the IDW, the new IDW twenty-four. Yeah, because I was like, this is this has got fuckle to do with the like October God. So then I thought, okay, screw it. Let me just actually go to issue seven. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, it's actually six, then seven. So <laughs> thankfully I read Whoa. six and seven, then I read the the new one. Sorry, it was a long walk for a short drink of water, but I'm so glad <laughs> that that somehow that that happened to me, because if I had read it the other way around, I would have just been like, I would have read six and seven with, it would have been tainted, it would have been so ah. tainted. 
it's not like I don't know that they die. I mean, I know that. It's just, yeah. Anyway, shall we get into issue six then? Or should we get into issue 219? <laughs> because, yo, I don't know. I think we're going to do it chronologically because I don't just want can't. to view the lens. I don't want to view six and seven through the lens of 290. Yeah. Okay. Because it does feel so far divorced from the, the purity of concept of the, the Soviet Union's answer to G.I. Joe, the October Guard. 290 mm. shows you a, a development of these characters to a point where they're almost unrecognizable, apart from their designs. Mm. Um, so let's do old school first for a change. Which, yeah. Yeah, we do love that. Um, to fail I'm so, to conquer. I so delight in your um, your summaries, Rob. So I'm going to call <laughs> upon you to do well, one. Well, to fail to conquer, to succeed, Sorry, carry on. to die. <laughs> is the title of issue six. So, so an experimental jet has crashed somewhere in the Middle East. And it's a Russian jet. And the G.I. Joes have been tasked to go and get the pieces of this thing back. It's been held by some sort of tribesman up there. No, not like tribesmen in, in the cartoon, but like actual tribesmen. Um, and Giorgio goes out, they go and fetch it, but they encounter the, the, not only are they racing against the clock with the October Guard coming, or whatever the Russian people will be, um, they're also racing against Cobra to get this thing. Um, tons of cool action, introduction of a very cool, weird vehicle in the, uh, in the, in the, the comics, the rough terrain vehicle, the RTV. So, by the end of the issue, though, even though they have the they have the thing and they've had a very um, brusque in, in, uh, sort of uh, interaction with the CIA, um, they lose it to Cobra after a very hard-fought fight against the October Guard, who've proven themselves the equals of the GI Joes. And by the mm. end of the issue, Cobra's gone in the got in the anti-gravity vehicle or experimental vehicle and the, the Joes now are left with the October Guard and what are they going to do? Um, what can they do? Find out next issue. Mm. Okay, should we tackle it one issue at a time then? Is that agreed? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because also they, the art is a slightly different. Yes, it's by Herb Trimpey. It's also um, plot by Herb Trimpey, but the inking is different. And actually, I would say I prefer his art on issue seven as opposed to issue six. It's very, it's oh. a very minor difference. I feel like the inking is a bit thicker on issue six, um, mm. but the, I love so the, thin. I love, the, mm. yeah, it's not so thin. And I, I, I think the art is way better in seven where you just kind of allow Trumpy's art to kind of his penciling to shine through. Um, I mean, they're both fantastic. I mean, the way that he does panels, you know, he always does, he loves doing these sort of like time movement panels. Yes. Um, especially when like Hawk appears on the scene, you know, he's like, he's at the bottom of the steps and he's halfway hey. up the steps yeah. and then, yeah. then he's at the top of the steps. Um, he really loves the kind of like progression of time um, movement panels. And I always appreciate those. On but, this um, read, I got a, a, I mean, I get something new every time I read these books, obviously, but mm. I really enjoyed the atmosphere of the massive GI Joe plane approaching over oh, the Hindu so Kush cool. mountains and you, it just feels cinematic and also like ominous 
Something mm-hmm. about massive, massive aircraft flying low and deploying paratroopers, it it gets the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. It's very well, especially after stuff. the the reveal of the previous page, um, when we have a very mysterious um agent within Cobra, um, codenamed Songbird, kind of like communicating with with Cobra and telling them that the the GIs are coming and this is their schedule and this is what's going on. And it is very like red skies in the morning, you know, um, shepherds warning, that sort of thing. They're not red skies, but it, it does definitely does color um, what comes next. You don't have to be coy, Rob. Uh, we are well, it's, it's generally Hawk going to Cobra Commander's spy within G.I. Joe. It's, it's who knew? He has, he has tipped off Cobra uh, to the information that the Joes are approaching and where the best point to ambush them and steal mm. the anti-gravity plane from them uh, would be. So Hawk is selling his own guys out. Whether yeah. his objectives are aligned with Cobra or still somehow nefariously aligned with the United States and thereby G.I. Joe, he's still selling out his guys. He's yeah. fully prepared to make them sacrificial lambs. That is an angle of Hawk that quickly gets swept away. And we mm. never hear talk never of it again. never see it again, but it's definitely an interesting turn for his character. And then because of that, that cool time progression in, on the next page, it definitely gives you time to reflect on what you just has just been revealed to you as well. A kind of like mm-hmm. slow progression of the, of the jet going coming forward and the very like... Um, mechanical you know reply you know that the the dialogue of just like getting ready get out jump go and that sort of stuff um zooming out so good you Mm. did mention this and and it's it's something that we should speak on this is a plot and art by herb trimpy again herb is Mm. definitely he's he's at the helm for this one larry comes in after the fact to add the scripting so the exact words from the character's mouths that's all larry but the story that is being conveyed and the way it's being conveyed is entirely Herb's dr- brainchild. So does yeah, that color you... your reading of this to know that it's not a Larry Harmer story? I don't know. I think Larry Harmer still does some of the storyboards, some of the layouts, like uh, pre-scripting. Because if I go to the uh, first Why? page, it Ooh. says it's got Larry Harmer scripter, then it's Herb Trim, plot and penciler. So yeah. I imagine that him and Larry Harmer like sort of brainstormed because they're both illustrators. They might have mm. brainstormed a few storyboards, a few shots together. I don't think it's all on Herb Trump, personally. Well, I mean, obviously they're both involved, but I mean, it's, it's just cool that he allows... But it's just always been the, the Marvel method as well mm. to kind of like um, is let the, the artist lead the charge. You know, you kind of give them a general idea of, of what's going on. Um, but definitely it's more on her Trimpy than it has been on in the normal Marvel method because he's coming up with a plot and then he's leaving it to you know to Larry just fill in the fill in the the word bubbles yeah come up with the yeah yeah I'm gonna fight you on that point in terms of division of labor I think I don't know if Herb would necessarily jointly plot this with Larry Larry's off plotting the next issue of the the series these two issues, uh, f- f- well, it's, it's, it's December of 1982 and it's it's January of 1983. I'm thinking like, 
maybe Larry took some leave or he needed time to to work out the next issue. So this is like this is inventory in a sense. This mm. is another Herb Trimpey. Uh, he had it up his sleeve. It's a story that he wanted to tell, and G.I. Joe offered that vehicle for it. I mean, it, it does open with a sequence that looks... I mean, it's got some fabulous, like, new, very interesting sci-fi-looking jets. And that mm. just screams Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to me, big time. Hmm. Yeah. Like, Coming off Operation Wingfield, I mean, it definitely feels... The way that, that the panels are laid out, it definitely feels like a Herb Trumpy... Uh, production as it were the way that he kind of lays everything out i'm, I'm probably I just more know that side than Paul. i just know that for uh quite a lot of issues um if you guys have got the hard covers of the gi joe books you can actually mm. see a lot of uh, larry homer's thumbnails and stuff for the pages for yeah the i'm sure he had suggestions uh, if, if he hasn't I mean, been involved yeah, but in like, end, those are suggestions, you know. I mean, you're not going to do your yeah, artist then, work for them. But then, for his Storm Shadow run, the whole Storm Shadow run, he he stole a he did the pre pencil, he did the the storyboards, and another artist actually did the art, did the final art. Yeah, for it. they would break that so, down. I mean, they're very specific about how they broke that down here. You know, mm -hmm. they were very, they were like. But anyway, we're we're, we're going some. We're laboring on the, something the production that's super of important. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the RTV, very cool concept. <laughs> it must be remarked upon. The RTV, the rough terrain vehicle, is something that can be deployed by chute and then assembled by a six-man team. Within to make 30 this, minutes. Within 30 minutes to make this fabulous, like, articulated flatbed truck complete with, like, multiple gun turrets on top and on the bottom of the cab. It's insane. It's a far it out concept pretty. and it looks weird, but somehow it works. And he, he draws it so well, you know, in kind of like all the different uh, angles of the vehicle. The geometry of it's awesome. Like the perspective and the structure of it, it's very strong. Like that shot there, I, I call that the Tatooine shot, you know, for the, yeah. the Jawa sand crawler. That's yeah. what it reminds me of, but it's such a powerful angle. And he's really got such cool stuff going on there. Um, and the visuals with the way that the, the RTV is, is standing out. And and also, guys, um, I just needed, because uh, I, I was trying to find this myself with my own research, but I couldn't quite find it, but I know it, it exists. Um, this vehicle, I think, get, uh, appears again in a modern G.I. Joe run um, mm. around the Devil's Due time. I think it's in one of the G.I. Joe Frontlines issues, uh, and, it's an, and, and it is a past uh, operation. And it also has a CIA agent. I'm just trying to recall what the story I, is like. If you're right, Paul, I would love that. That yeah, sounds mm. amazing. To do a callback yeah. to this, because it is famous. It's infamous. It's, it's, it's a very toyetic-looking design, and yet it, it's obviously never seen plastic. So, mm. And people, to this day, will recall the RTV. Um, so if Devils do touched on it, well, that's very small. I'm sure they did. I've I've got memories because when I was reading this this issue, I had serious deja vu, and not like oh, you know, I've read this issue before. Like, wow, <laughs> why does all of this? Why do all of these plot points seem so familiar to me? I'm sure I've read them before in another book, and I'm and that other book also had a skeezy CIA man involved as well. In fact, I think it's the same CIA agent. Oh, okay. Well, 
I, I hope you I find that book and you you bring it to my attention, man. Because my it. devil's will... due knowledge is is a bit spotty at best. I've got to find it, dude. Mm. I've got to get it in mm. front of you, um, because because I I just it's the craziest thing. It's like a gap in my memory, and I was so hoping you would know. <laughs> so I'll find it. I'll help you there. Pal. I have an interesting color observation on this one. Scarlet is depicted, oh. at least in oh. art, as having like cargo pants on. Which I think mm. is so cool. I think it's great. It. I think Herb's intention was that she would have BDU pants just like the boys in this mm. issue. Yeah, she would have her, her top. The top off wearing the kind of the bodice, uh, but have bulky sleeves and also bulky combat pants. But the colorist mm. has put her very much on model with the toy by making the kind of the, the color distinction between the bikini and the, the leggings. Mm. However, you can clearly see in the art that the intention is that she's wearing proper combat pants. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> There's another cool piece of art in the very beginning of this when they land in um god i almost called it kazakhstan but it's not mcguire air force base um not there but when they land in the desert when they oh, drop oh off, when they drop off when they drop off right Why? um or dust off i think it is um anyway they um are surrounded by rocks and you know and then the um sort of rebels they pop out they reveal themselves and I, I kind, a part of me kind of wishes that it, so in the previous panel, you got all the rocks are like kind of this reddish brown color. And then we see on the following panel that actually, no, they, these guys are just disguising themselves, you know, like the Fremen. Um, but I think it would have been so much, like, I, I understand the argument that could have happened here, but I think it would have been cooler if they just kept the rocks like rock colored, if you know what I mean. And then it's, it's had kind of like a cartoon of, thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you can tell something is going to move. Yeah, you can tell yes. something's going to move because it's anime. It's 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 drawn differently. It's intentionally drawn to draw your attention. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and it's it's very clever actually because well, Paul, yeah. if you if you saw just the the naked inks without the colorization, that's mm. the intention that you'd get that 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 sense that there were these objects, right? but they weren't picked out in different colors, so no attention was being drawn to them. But I, I think in a, a funny book, which is at the end of the day uh, aimed at kids, still I, I think this is fine. And even for adults, I read this when I was in my twenties, guys, for the first time. So I, I appreciated the the heads up, and it's okay, it's still cool. it's still. I is think a, the a size cool, of the cool panel reveal. as well. Yeah, no, for sure, the size of the panel. It's it's also so that you can go back to the last panel and be like, oh, that's what those were. Those were rocks, Extreme wide angle. but actually people. Yeah, extreme wide angle and the same camera placement, so it's mm. showing a, a passage of time, as you say. It's a, it's a transitionary shot. You've got the mm. Joes stashing their gear and being like, "Oh, looks like we missed the drop point because the guys were supposed <laughs> to meet aren't even here." And then all of a sudden, these rocks become humans, and it's like, "Oh, okay, okay, they don't literally become humans, guys." If you Rock haven't man. read this book, you don't know what I'm saying. But <laughs> they yeah, transform. They, they are rock men. They're like, what are they? Yeah, motor <laughs> guys. How cool yeah. are those figures, man? Those are the best. Those were the rest. Also, how badass do you have to be as a penciler and an inker to not Xerox this page? If you look at the top panel and the bottom panel and you play a little bit of spot the difference, you'll actually oh. see that they've both been redrawn. 
They've both been yeah. this whole scratch. page and the whole and the mountain that. range as well. The yes. mountain That's range been insane. He has redrawn it each time. And you know, I can actually, uh, I, I would almost go as far as to say that, you know, I think, I mean, it's not like the technology didn't exist back then to to do it. You know, you could have just like had it printed onto Letraset and then just like, you know, rubbed it off onto the, the next few pages. But I think there is power in redrawing it every time because like a camera, a camera has distortions and dithers and things like that as you as it yeah. moves or pans across the scene. So and the brain, our brains are wired in such a way that if something is too repetitive, we ignore it. But if something mm. has subtle differences, it pays attention to that subconsciously. And and I think I don't think Herb um sorry to call him just by his first name, but I don't think Herb Trumpy initially like thought of it that way. I just think in his mind, he was always like, yeah, it's always better when I don't copy it, when I redraw it all the time. It's kind of yeah. his vibe. And yeah, it's crazy. It, this fucking book is so beautiful. Like a lot of the books in, the first, <laughs> in this run. Sorry. Good. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Paul. Anytime I've tried to substitute in a still into a play motion action figure film, I know this yeah, is a, a lame it. kind of analogy, but but yeah, if you substitute a still in, all of a sudden it's lifeless. It's yeah. too... It's too statuesque. It's too, too frozen. You know, yeah. it's 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 stuck in amber. Whereas, yeah, redrawing these panels, it's the little imperfections and differences between the, the way the mounted range is depicted, frame to frame, mm. that 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 puts your mind at ease. That you're looking at a piece of art, not something yeah. AI created. Mm. I love that. But yeah, so, so the cool October, scene. yeah, the October Guard. Do we are they are they formidable people? Their introduction is is quite bombastic with their very. Ooh, cool, I love uh, this one panel. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, cool. um, if you go to page um, where the Joes uh, have just departed, so um, and it's got the the one guy from. Uh, I keep on it now. I'm going to call it Volkukin. Stop I clicking on the mic, you rats. Sorry, I'm just trying to get <laughs> to the page so I can get the number. Sorry, guys. Um, not where the, on, the click, CIA and agent and then there we go. Chatting. Yeah, so there we go. I love that whole thing there where Stalker's just a two bit line infantryman, he can't promise you anything. And he's like, He's a fighting man, so I knew you wouldn't understand. And I Whatever love that. You say, Osama. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I just I dig that. I think that's so <laughs> cool. And it's, it reminds me of like in Jurassic Park, Grant's like me. He's a digger, <laughs> you know, like I love that kind of thing because it adds so much, uh, so much pathos to a character. Uh, Is there the any involved. sense in talking about the, the interesting political dimension of this sequence? I don't think so, because I think that was a very different time than it was written in. You know, Absolutely. Afghanistan wasn't poised as being, well, Kazakhstan wasn't poised as being a threat back then. You know, they were being no, look, threatened. Yeah. yeah, Afghanistan were at war with, or I should say, the Taliban, the Mujahideen, were at mm. war with the Soviet Union. So naturally, America was in the shadows, assisting, yeah. um, and 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 getting them armaments like uh, Stinger yep. missile launches. And I hope I'm not speaking out of turn uh, historically. Challenge me in the comments if I got it wrong. But you know, you flash forward war. to 20 years and. 
America's back on those same soils, uh, this time in the position of the Soviet Union, fighting against the, the Taliban. So, it, yeah, the shifting sands of politics, like one, one, one minute uh, they're your allies, the next uh, they're your sworn enemies. It's, uh, it's interesting seeing that, that, that the hand that feeds being bitten. Um, but yeah, this is a just like Rambo. Yeah, I 3, gave that absolutely no thought. Yeah, like. good, good. It shouldn't. I mean, mm. it's just it's the classic case of like GI Joe getting assistance from rebels, you know, from, mm. from the underdogs, and 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 as soldiers seeing eye to eye, they kind of have a, a code of honor amongst them. It doesn't yeah. matter who they, they ultimately answer to or what their future might hold, but in that moment, they are for mutual survival. They are. You know, it serves as a little bit of foreshadowing as well, because when the Joes meet the October God, they're also enemies, but they respect each other as really badass individuals as well. But that warrior's Yes code. and no. Um, interestingly enough, and I, I love this, we're going to skip ahead a little bit to issue seven, but Scarlet does not respect the October God. Oh, no, fact, she hates she is, them. She's extremely derisive of them. No, she was fiddled with by a Russian in her youth or something. I don't know. She's very angry I, with them. I think Scarlet represents a very realistic view. At the height of the Cold War, you know, these guys, they wanted to kill G.I. Joe. They wanted their blood. And now Stalker is able to do a kind of a, a face turn and, and now work with them. Scarlet's like, have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> I will not work with these guys. But Stalker's in well, charge of the missions, so what he says goes. Yeah, but I mean, it it, it definitely opens up a, a much bigger conversation about like um, uh, nation versus nation, but then also who are the individual soldiers that fight on for yep. those ideals. Um, it's not something I, I, I really want to go into, but I mean, it's definitely it's a big thing. You know, I mean, it's it's where is the um, the antagonism coming from? It's it's the, is it the different ideologies? Is it the leaders themselves? fighting over things um and how does that um filter down to the individual soldiers um enforcing these uh differing you know points of view yeah i mean this is very interesting I, and also once again worth, russia oh. is a global pariah yeah so once again the so well not Soviet Union, russia as a nation are the bad guys yeah so it suddenly becomes like scarlet's position suddenly becomes more rational it's like she does well, was, have... yeah but when then in the story as well you you need someone to have that opposing point of view anyway you know you can't just yeah, walk yeah. they can't all just go with it it's like oh we're just going to work, work, work with the ussr but you know they are, are opposed to each other and in this instance across... scarlet is wolf always yeah, offering the contrasting opinion <laughs> always getting shot down by the captain <laughs> and also oh, say so we go in all guns blazing no wolf hmm. no wolf that's, 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 i also that's think it's that. kind of worth mentioning Thank that <laughs> that this book was i mean obviously this book is from the 80s um it's what? sort of yeah i know right didn't anybody tell you yeah. Rob? No, um, i thought this was 2012 2012 right it's fine don't worry we, we we're catching you up it's cool it's, it's not just a retro thing um <laughs> so it's also a po uh, sort of a post a uh, post mccarthyist america as well and oh, he's getting scarlet, guys it's not just no, oh my god these big words. yeah but also scarlet also i think comes <laughs> from like a very up. mccarthyist um america 
she's a young white woman you know so she grew up in the suburbs she grew up with that kind of you know thinking or that mentality that came from her parents or from her her you know from society around her where you know communism and all these things you know like being labeled as a communist was like really bad because then they came into your home and then like they took you and then they interrogated you and all kinds of shit and neighbors were splitting on each other blah 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 so she pro she probably she also has that extra bit of social conditioning to hate I think russia it's more sophisticated than that but in this instance she's not wrong no These she's not wrong we're wanting to spill her blood mere moments before cobra showed up and now they want to work together like that kind of knee jerk is a good reality check for us all because we all yeah. want to see our our protagonists team up with the antagonists to face the bigger antagonists we all want that we we enjoy the dramatic tension of it but she's just reminding the listener the viewer the reader i should say that yeah. this is a very unusual circumstance that under normal circumstances these guys would be at each other's throats as they had also kind of, moments before and i also think stalk is coming from a point of view where you know he's used to being marginalized and so when he sees other people that have been marginalized he also is a little bit more sympathetic to them as well i think he's just but, being smart about it i mean you know he is american yeah. he is a, a you have to work together just, he's know. thinking about the situation as it is i don't mm -hmm. think it has anything to do with any anything beyond that we really are putting uh, I, you know, ideas into these characters' hands. Maybe. Well, then, but it's I just think the we thought that squarely, I kind of had. Squarely right, into okay. issue seven. Let me not uh, dilly dally any longer. Well, I mean, I was just okay. Yeah, keep going. But it's quite well, a clever trap, actually. Well, you're well. all butthurt about not being asked for a summary. Why don't you uh, give us a summary for issue seven? Cool. Yeah. So, co uh, let me let me let me just fire up the. Okay, so. G.I. Joe is now being forced to work with their greatest enemy, not Cobra, but the October God, in service of trying to, you know, save the mission. And they've got to go in and they've got to figure out, like, how to work together with, despite their differences. And they find, sorry, this is not the best summary now ever because, you know, you kind of got me on the back foot now. Haha. <laughs> Clown. Um, and they are now drawn into the danger that is Cobra. And now, and I think it, they get, well, they get to join the, the October God as the October God faces Cobra for what feels like the first time. And now the October God will realize there are greater things that threaten peace loving Russia um, more than the Americans. But how are they going to get out? How's it going to all end up? Let's find out. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's get in there. Did you get the Let's... sense that this was the first time the October God came up against Cobra? Yeah, that's the feeling I get from this. Mm -hmm. I, I once again, I got I got to challenge you, Paul, because it it opens with a splash page of Cobra Commander standing uh, in the foreground and the captive Joes and Cobra, uh, and October God just before him. Um, it's an artist error uh, that the RTV in the background is covered in in troopers that look more like Joes than Cobra troopers. I think they should have been illustrated to be Cobra troopers. Instead, mm -hmm. they look like green shirt Joes. Um, but yeah, we'll forgive them that. It is kind of in the deep background. And Cobra Commander's tight bum. Oof, it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You bounce a coin on that. Um, anyway, 
it seems like from from Cobra Commander's monologuing that he appreciates both G.I. Joe and October God as his his nemeses from the respective nations. Um, he, he he says that how was I to extract the anti gravity aircraft uh, from hostile territory while harried by the two best combat teams in the world? I feel like he's been burned by both combat teams in the past. That that, that that's mm. the sense that I got from this. That like while we've been seeing GI Joe's struggle against Cobra in the past five or six issues, uh, we could have just as easily had a October Guard comic book fighting Cobra on oh, shit, the that eastern, would be a great eastern front. Yeah, yeah. Basically, let's let's see what the October Guard were doing at the same time because Cobra's plan is world domination, and within these first ten issues, or at least the first nine issues, Cobra is this kind of amorphous, mysterious global force. Where is their headquarters? They seem to have island bases and undersea bases. So it, it's very Bondian in its scope. Like, it's not domestic America. So it could be bases that are closer to Moscow than to Washington. Um, so how does, how does that rub up against the October God? Well, here we finally see worlds collide. Um, yeah. I also Any love that nobody remarks? got their hands on their heads. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, it's very you know, very casual. Just, for... Yeah, they're all like crossed armed. I mean, at any point, one of these guys could pull a concealed weapon and just shoot him in the, in the balls. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that they lead with the commander. But uh, as we learn later in the issue, uh, even at this stage, Cobra Commander is uh, not against using decoy agents. So maybe this isn't mm-hmm. Cobra Commander. Maybe this is a, just a field operative with a Cobra Commander speaker strapped to his chest as we see later on in the issue what i am interested in though is he kind of has variably got gloves and not gloves on his hands (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this isn't the only time in the issue we see a naked cobra commander hand and then just the previous page a gloved cobra commander hand and that's not even even, yeah it's not not an art error well sorry it's not even a colorist error yeah, it's actually yeah. Actually, the colors probably. Yeah. So uh, okay, I'm gonna expand upon this a little bit. Cobra Commander's left arm has his kind of um, long glove on it. The right arm seems almost like it could have been at least penciled, exposed. But then it which, would upset the RTV, which we know Herb Trump cares more about. Drawing <laughs> yeah, that gun. weird. Beautiful. He's, he's got a one-gloved hand and a one-ungloved hand. But maybe that's how he likes to fire his gun. He likes to actually touch the metal. I don't yeah, know. Shame. I, I, th- I think Herb Trump was like more worried about getting the gun looking right. And then just thought, okay, I'm just going to put fingernails on this to help sell the perspective. And then mm. only realized later, like, oh fuck, this is meant to be gloves. <laughs> you know, when it went to print, when it went on, I buy that. Went, I, buy that. Print. I do love yeah. the colorist's choice to pick out the straps on the Cobra Troopers in yellow. All of a sudden, mm. I look at any Cobra Trooper I have, and I'm like, I want that color combination: red Mars with yellow straps. I think we got it in the comic book pack. Maybe, maybe. I do recall yellow straps. I've got a yellow strap modern era. Ah, right. Okay, well, that yeah. might be what I'm remembering then. 
because it's it's a it's a handsome kind of color combo and it fits in well with ironically the cobra commander from the 90s the talking battle commanders yes yeah mm -hmm. cuz he's got yellow mm -hmm. accents as opposed to uh gold but this is closer to kind of a an orange i just like it i like the way cobra troopers are depicted in these books very villainous <laughs> That's got it. it still works. Well done, Paul. I love it. Well done. Anyway, look back to the task at hand. Um, mm. We get like to see one of the vamp's coolest features. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Not only is Clutch an expert wheelman, but somehow he's able to use like a like a VCR remote control to move the fucking cannons. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Wow. He's incredible. He must have like a third hand somewhere. But there's a but they also foreshadow that. They also foreshadow that because they're all like, hey, he's all like, hey, Scarlet, want to come downstairs and play some Space Invaders with me? So um, they, they do have some foreshadowing, you know? You'd be right in that um, Clutch is often uh, taking passes at Scarlet, but I think it's Steeler who wants to play Space Invaders. Oh, shit. It so is too. All this almost, uh, maybe maybe it's kind of a like all the Joes treat Scarlet as a little sister, um, and Clutch, however, takes it to the next level and wants to date. I don't know. Her. I think Scarlet's gonna hashtag me too, but let's not go there right now. <laughs> I'd like to think it's just the kind of like she's the only female. We're not gonna all try and get a date with her, but let's at least you know. I'd rather hang out with a woman and play Space Invaders than to hang out with you stinky bastards. Yeah, like I've seen you guys enough. Let me, you know, let me schmooze with the redhead a bit. Yeah, I'd like I to think that's what it dating is, but, advice. But know. I also did read that panel as like, is Steeler also making a pass? Is that is that is that what's happening? Is it is, is everyone trying to take a turn with the the token female? <sighs> Disgusting. <laughs> hey, fucking patriarchy. Am I right? Shoot, shoot is dead. <laughs> Moving right along to rat -a tat tat And uh, Rob, I completely steamrolled you now, man. What you're gonna oh, say it, something cool. No, I've I've completely forgotten, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I love uh Dinah though. She's so cool. Niet, Georgia is Soviet territory. And he's like, they ain't that ain't the Georgia that's on his mind, sweetie. <laughs> Georgia. Oh, should I should I do it as like stalker? That ain't the Georgia that uh, that's on his mind, sweetie. <laughs> like whatever, <laughs> but it's just I like how like you know there's a part of Dinah, and it's maybe I don't know maybe I'm reading into it too much, but even this the way she's drawn, there's a part of her that's like just now they were trying to kill the Joes, and now she's like a little interested in like how they think, you know? Maybe that's the 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 soldier and her trying to get you know trying to get a bit of recon and and trying to understand her enemy better. I don't know. Or maybe she's just naive. There's part of her that is naive every now and then. It comes out. Anyway, let's not labor on that too much. Uh, uh, it is naive in that she immediately jumps down Breaker's throat for saying, oh, we could we could basically track Cobra all the way to Georgia. And she's like, Nit, you cannot track Cobra all the way to Georgia because Georgia is in the Soviet Union. And Stalker's like, hang on, sister. That's not the Georgia on his mind. So she is playing the role of the foreigner, the foreign mm -hmm. imbecile, unfortunately. This is a sort of archetype that she's playing the role of there. 
Um, yeah, true. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't pick up the subtlety of what Breaker was saying. But that's okay. I mean, effectively, we are speaking in English here, and the Russians are all having to speak in their second or maybe even third language, and they're holding yeah. their own just fine. I think. Like, uh, yeah, Stalker speaks. Well, he speaks jive at one point, almost to kind of yeah. confuse the Russians, and. Colonel Brekhoff has to translate for his men and, and woman. Don't you think that's cool, though? Like, well, it's an Brekhoff. asshole move from Stalker, but maybe like Stalker in this kind of early blushing with him has these affectations that that they quickly get rid of. Like Stalker becomes this warrior poet, and he speaks very eloquently. But back here, he would lapse into a very street style of speaking, which isn't military. Um, yeah. So it's it's kind of a throwback to his early origins as like a gangster. Um, I don't think he's necessarily doing it deliberately to lose the Russians. I think he's just slipping. Into... I don't think so either. I think he's just been cool. Like he's just talking and like and and it's just cool that Brekov is hip to his vibe. So to speak. shouldn't he be Go. smarter though and be speaking the more easily understood basic term? It would just make it less interesting to read, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, like if you think about it too much, Stalker should be be unveiling his master plan in very plain English. <laughs> Instead, oh man, we almost got to read it. Who wants to read it? Uh, Dag, lighten up and chill up. Let's not be getting our tails in an uproar here. I mean, the man done took his ball and went home. The game is over, dig. <laughs> Please to be translating and not understanding, understanding this. this. <laughs> like it's a great little humor turn, even if it doesn't make the best story sense. And yeah, the, the distinctions between the October God and, and G.I. Joe is thrown into the firm focus here. It's it's great stuff. Holy shit, guys. Like mm. I, I'm gonna tip my head and say this is exactly what I want from my G.I. Joe book. This yep. kind of in political intrigue but cobra being the big bad but great character interactions between the protagonists the antagonists new characters new memorable characters except maybe sturmovic and shrege who yeah, i Shrug. even Shrug. the hardcorest of gi joe fans i defy you to try and remember which one's which <laughs> so yeah, so, so like, uh, and then also Stalker just asserting his role once again as a leader. You know, this is not a democracy. You know, I'm I'm point man. I want to get the shit done. Dig that as well. You know, the It's an interesting situation where Scarlet isn't the final word. Like mm. a, a lot of the time, okay, Stalker is often a, a leadership character within a squad, but Scarlet seems somehow on a pedestal. Whereas here, yes. it's clear that what Stalker says goes in spite of Scarlet's objections. She can object as noisily as she wants, but at the end of the day, she's got to go along with it. So this is one piece of Scarlet's characterization I really don't like. Ooh. It's one thing to kind of be like, you know, I don't want to support them or, hey, Stalker, these guys suck or whatever. It's like, I don't dig them or I don't trust them or whatever. But it's another thing when you go, you can give them a hand. I don't wallow with pigs. I'm like, fuck you, chick. Sorry. But like, you know, <laughs> you know, the thing is, you can just, you can respectfully dislike somebody. And I think 
I think that this is puts her in a very bad situation and puts her in a very bad light. It, it to me it makes yeah, like all the stuff we spoke about a few minutes ago about her being the rational voice uh, for the reader and all that stuff that all makes sense until she does this and then I feel like no you're kind of being a dickhead now. I mean, would it you know, be more acceptable if it was Steeler who was no. calling them pigs? No, not acceptable. I don't think it would be okay. acceptable. I don't think it's acceptable to call your enemy a pig in the first place. So all um, the Joes are so noble that they're not going to have some hate for the people who would have brutally murdered them mere moments yeah, before. I just think it's a bad Apple. move to call. I just think it's a bad move to call people that are as equally well trained as you uh, pigs in their presence. <laughs> they're ideologically you know? opposed, though. Like this is a politically charged scene. Like yeah. if the subtext running under all of this is the Soviet Union and the United States, everyone's ideologies are, are on opposite sides. Like I get that, but still it's like and Steve, maybe it's just because you know in the eyes I, of the I, West, coming... these guys are evil. They are part of a system that is evil. Yeah, You've been but educated the... to believe that from I don't know. We, we we're doing that thing that we said we were. Gonna I know do we're doing political. that thing, but like also we were raised in a country where we were also told to hate people because they were evil. You know what I mean? Like, you know. And so, like when I read that, I, I, it, 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 it annoys the shit out of me because I'm like, she should be better than that. You know, we're trying to move forward. You know, and I even I, think, I agree. Like, even Scarlet, if you hate the as Russians, an, as yeah. an intelligent. Um, very balanced, in, you know, the, the co complex character that we know, Scarlet, should be better than that. But I am mm. saying that someone mm. on the Joe contingent should have that view just to keep yes. us in check. But I've said that already. Anyway, yes, so we you move have. On to I just more hate the way that she does things. this. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. It's just, they, it's just like something that just really it did it, it made me very hot and angry when I when I read mm. the panel. Yeah, that it was the girl who had to be the the cross bearer. No, it's just that the girl seemed like a racist smuck. That's what bugged me. <laughs> or that a character was a racist, a racist smuck. But anyway, it kind of makes them real, uh, realistic to me. So let's move along. There's the cool little interesting October mobile, <laughs> whatever the hell that thing's called. The Kremlin kitty cart, as Clutch calls it. But it's back on its balloon tires and off they go. They encounter an Iranian. Border Patrol because they've crossed the border into Iran. I love the tension of this sequence. They're kind of slowly creeping up on this Border Patrol. Uh, Breaker's like uh, he he gets shot. I mean, and they just keep going. They sort of steamroll that 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 plot point. Um, yeah. Once again, the passage of time in these um, sequential panels that are all laid out the same way they're the same size masterful storytelling very dramatic stuff and the russians disappear like what yeah flash is craning his head around to look for them and he's like they they were beside us a minute ago how did they get behind us but and then <laughs> i guess we're supposed to think that uh, the russians have ditched them uh however they do emerge and pull G.I. Joe's chestnuts out of the fire. So, yeah, it's 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 a se sequence of, like, faith being tested and faith restored. Like, did we trust then, the wrong guys? No, they came through for us in the end. And We've also, all spilled blood together. 
but still love the cheeky little Russian line here. It's like, uh, they go, keep going, Americanskis. The October Guard will mop up the, uh, what, will mop up the rebel. And then it's like, uh, well, uh, what, well, so much for, uh, one of their jokes is like, well, so much for Iranian-American relations. And then one of the October Guards is, another example of American imperialist aggression. <laughs> And I love that because they're basically <laughs> pinning all of these debts on the jokes. I love it. It's it's like, you know, so I just think it's such a great panel. I was like, you cheeky shits, actually. Like, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was that was very clever. Anyway, um, if you want to, we can move to the next page. Paul just gushed over that page too much, too hard. And then Hertz yeah, keeps coming up with cool designs. All right. <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. No, no, I was, I was going to say, I mean, before these things ever existed, like a pterodrome and that sort of thing, um, he was coming up with, like, interesting concepts for bases for, 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 for Cobra. With this, you know, uh, these interesting, prototypes. Um, you know, these prototypes and, and interesting stuff, which would eventually be fleshed out in the toy, you know, in the toy line as actual things, their own concepts. Um, but it's a very cool, like a little, like, um, maze, like almost like Indiana Jones sequence that they, they're going to be going through mm. in the next couple of, in the, in the next half of the issue. Oh, and there's such a terrible line here. Uh, Steve, if you don't mind, um, uh, yeah, it's the first camel. It's like inside the Cobra stronghold. This is a night for celebration. My brothers of the hooded serpent. I mean, what is this? Is this a club for like uncircumcised men? What's the story? <laughs> <laughs> for not only have we defeated both the GI Joe team and October God, but we now have within our grasp the very seed of world conquest. Again, like I'm like, dude, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but there's a few penis mod metaphors here that are a bit like, you know, coming out of left field. But uh, there's I, also I, great allusions that. to Nazi Germany with the oversized yes. cobra banner in the background, the globe, the massive, massive snake. Okay, that's a cobra affectation, but like the snake is oversized. Everything is is gonzo, and it's, it's also very raiders as well. Very cultish, oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. we see hooded cobra commander long before the figure existed. Like the, it's all those cult symbols all rolled into one. The jack booted masses like cobra command is not lecturing any named characters he's lecturing the troops at this point mm. this is a this is a, a morale thing this isn't a briefing this is a pep rally i also enjoy the um sort of spielberg uh easter egg in this um and i think i think by the time this book came out raiders was out in cinema yep. and so um they, there's two like Wait, spielberg raiders? easter eggs 83. Raiders. Yeah. Is, uh, Raiders is 84. So this is still before Raiders. This is, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Then, shit. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Because <laughs> there's a direct reference to Spielberg yes, in the mouth of the snake. With the snakes. Yes. So this must have been after Raiders. When was Raiders? And also the, the podium that. Yeah. And then also. Um, uh, Cobra Commander standing on that podium and that whole setup we just discussed with the, the two sort of uh, flaming braziers on the on the left and the right, that kind of cold mm -hmm. look, that is very much, I think, borrowed from Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
you know, um, uh, I would say borrow from Raiders and Riefenstahl film or newsprint from around the time of Nazi Germany. Look, I mean, the iconography has been a lot around a lot longer than Indiana Jones. Yeah, but there's a specific cultness to that to that one panel, like okay. as opposed to it's 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 got that cult and Nazi esque thing working, you know, together, which. Mm. I think we've only cinematically we only saw in, in Raiders for the first time where they married the two concepts together. You know, mm, I mean the no, hands being no. up and all that stuff—that's typical Nazi bullshit. But um, look, yeah. the, the filmmakers of the 1940s in Germany were were making films on yeah, that subject. Yeah, I suppose. So maybe that's Rainy where it's from, for me, it just rung as a as a um, Raiders reference. Even with the name dropping uh, Spielberg, in fact, huh. um, in fact, so much of this comic is is so prototypical in a lot of ways for what would come out later for GI Joe, not only for the comic book but also for the cartoon, because some of the, the this little maze section here is something that we see in the cartoon. You know, it is something that I think when they were coming up with when somebody was coming up with the cartoons, they were like, oh wow, there's mazes and traps and stuff in the comic books. Let's put that into the cartoon. Uh, I, 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 book. I think yeah. Steven Spielberg is a, a, a fan of G.I. Joe. All right, Raiders of the Lost Ark was 1981. So, yes, absolutely. This is hot on the heels of the phenomenon of Indiana Jones. Sweet. I knew yeah. I wasn't crazy. So, this is quite an elaborate maze system that seems deliberately made to accept visitors into a death trap. Is that a break from reality? Do you quite like this sequence? I, I, for what feels like it's meant to be a temporary base, it's a bit crazy, but I can buy it. I, I, as I to the adventure of it. Uh, Rob, you answer first because I'm gonna, I'm gonna weigh in quite strongly. It, I don't think it takes me out of it. I mean, it's just kind of like they're prepared to just let people inside their base. It feels like it's it's a it's a something designed specifically for the story, more than it is designed as an actual independent structure. So, I guess I can mm. feel it the story necess necessity of it, but I I don't buy it as like a freestanding structure that they would always build whenever they set up the bases. But the question is, do you like it? I think it's very interesting. I mean, it's just like the only way you can get in is if they let you in. Mm, and then hit you with these challenges and traps. It's like weird challenges. Yeah, it's like if they all just went to the top, uh, you know, like why even bother letting them in? Let them try and all get in from the top. <laughs> well, I'm going to fly in the face of like my usual like demand for realism and, and, and these things to be grounded and just say, I love this. I love wow. GI Joe sleuthing their way out of traps that don't require them to just shoot everything in sight. And it's something that we've, we've now kind of lost in our more cynical, jaded old man GI Joe stories for lack of a better term, where it always does <laughs> devolve into a gunfight and the Joe's, in a, you know, the, the gunfight itself might be a realistic plot device, but the way the Joes are able to handle the, themselves in a firefight, like do acrobatic feats and not get hit and just defeat overwhelming odds of guys who are equally armed 
but somehow just don't have the skill to to kill gi joe and gi joe has the skill to kill them like it becomes so dull to me like so uninventive here we're seeing gi joe being beset by traps and obstacles and having to find ways through them that are creative and different to just having a shootout so mm. i think gi joe as a as a book has lost this playfulness and this uh, comic bookness which yeah it does borrow from raiders it's 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 fun it's fun to read and exciting i gotta agree the with scripting you is good yeah man because I, when when they were going through this whole section i kept thinking like yeah this is before they invented the pterodrome you know and then it got me on like a trail of thinking of like well once they designed the pterodrome all we got was like sort of subtle variations of the pterodrome or we got the silent castle and then it was like those became like the sort of mass-produced cobra strongholds so to speak um throughout the line you know uh, I, mean, I mean i'm i'm generalizing heavily because there are some like little pepperings here and there of some interesting locations but i do love the adventure element here and you know putting well-written characters into kind of any situation as opposed to going okay guys we're putting them into your favorite toy playset now um which i know it seems kind of very counter you know for some for myself to say seeing as i'm a big fan of the toys and things as well but i do sometimes feel like that mass-produced side of the toys side, uh, side of things kind of hurt the comic books in that respect you know it kind of hurt the adventure a little bit happy father's day to members of the chat spoon killer's got to drop out of the live chats but uh yeah, he's wishing us happy Father's Day, guys. Happy Father's Day to you, Spoon Killer. Enjoy your day. Oh, yeah. Have a good one. Uh, right. So let's just skip to the end. G.I. <laughs> Joe gets to the <laughs> central nerve system of the, the base. They confront Cobra Commander and find the RTV with the parts and their vamp, which has been captured. It was going to be their escape vehicle, but now it's inside there. Cobra Commander... Uh, is taken hostage by uh, Clutch. And that's how they're able to escape with the RTV, the parts, the vamp, all the Joes in tow and leave the October Guard behind. However, Colonel Brekhoff objects to this passage of events and he's like, well, the only way to stop you from getting off scot-free with all the stuff is by shooting your hostage, AKA Cobra Commander who turns out to be life model decoy. Did I miss anything out? That sounds about right to me. They, they the, epilogue, get to the, end. the epilogue is the interesting thing. Oh, because yeah, we finally get the, the answer to the, uh, the turncoat hawk. Yes. Turns out he was actually still allied with GI Joe. He wasn't switching to the opposite side. He was just selling out his guys as a decoy while they smuggled the real anti-gravity craft parts out a different way. And he left Stalker and the boys and girl in the dark about this, which closes on a very ominous panel. Stalker and the guys are, well, the guys look shocked. They're all drawn with like round mouths. Stalker, however, looks pissed. He's got a furrowed brow. He's like, well, shit, I'm never going to trust you again, Colonel. I have to follow your orders. I'm duty bound to do so, but are you selling me out? Am I disposable? Like, this is such an interesting dynamic and it 
never gets played out again, I don't think. Does and it? also Hulk's face. Check out Hulk's face. He's not happy about what he's done. Oh, yeah, he's, he's not happy with this at all. He's, I think he's, he's very stoic. disappointed with himself. Yeah. No. He looks upset. I, I read it I, a different way. If he was upset, he wouldn't be walking away. He'd be like, but he is a. He doesn't want them to see his face. He doesn't want them. Well, to look see at the, also the way that he kind of his response. He's like, "You were the red herring, the decoy. Excellent work, team. Excellent." Yeah, yeah. That, that, I, that I read that as like as regret. Yeah, it reads to me as like cold, calculated company man. I'm not going to stick around for your response because I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I had my orders. I followed them. You had your orders. You followed them. It's yeah, but it's I, just business. It's to the business me, of I this think, man's I, think I, I feel to Paul as well. I mean, it feels like he he didn't. He feels like he didn't have a choice in having to order them to do it this way around because he knows he understands why it had to be done this way around because if they didn't play their parts properly, um, the entire operation would have would have been um, compromised. Like if they didn't mm. come across as completely believable in in the in their pursuit of of the of the gravity machine um that it the, the operation would not have worked so even though i i think he is remorseful about this this decision mm. that he was forced into making like he has to do it it was his orders but he he doesn't feel good about it bob squad he's got that i did what i had to do face yeah, you know, but it's also interesting that it is open-ended enough that you can read it in different ways. Mm. That Stephen kind of sees it as like, hey, 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 I used you, and now you shall do my commands, Joes. Fuckers. I think if he's sad or remorseful about what he had to do, I think there are more clear ways of, of, of demonstrating that in the art, like downcast eyes. But no, he's looking straight ahead. He has a clear no, conscience. But, but look, look at his look at his his expression in the in the panel before. There is very angry. It yeah, he's like upset. He's, he's very like his his eyes are definitely, uh, you know, his eyebrows are down. He's he's like confessing this to them. He's like he's like, this is what actually happened, guys. And then the next page, the next panel, he, you know, his face, his mouth is still down, but his eyes have relaxed a little bit. It's almost like this deadpan stare as he walks away, and he and he, you know, and there's that pause. Excellent work, team pause i also think it's i also think it's worth comparing him to the cia man who was smiling while fucking the joe's over you know every time he he had a yeah i feel like he every time yeah because he was like oh you know how does it feel knowing you got like you know surprised by these dudes you know and it's like (laughs) you know like you're just an asshole and then later on again, you know, you always see the CIA man. He's always kind of got like a bit of a shit-eating grin on his face. And mm. that's, I think that's supposed to show you the, 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 the difference between these two kind of leaders, these two high-ranking people. Also, but I love I Ahmed. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I love when Ahmed also like sort of says to him, you know, yeah, you pretty much, you know, uh, what did he say to Storky? He goes, don't trust that one because the second he saw us, he dropped his weapons and kind of surrendered to us and was really... And that's the difference between the CIA man who who they kind of expose as being a bit of a, a pencil pusher, not not much of a soldier. And yeah. here we see Hawk in his in his greens with all of that hardware on his chest, like all his battle ribbons. Is, you know, he's clearly a soldier. 
He's earned yeah. his his place, his rank. Um, but he can't he can't look stalker in the eye. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he knows ha- he has to dick. walk away. Yeah. But I also yeah. appreciate that it is ambiguous to a degree as well. That you can kind mm. of sit here and we can have this discussion of like, you know, does he feel bad about it or doesn't he? It's nice that these two issues allow you to to think and have your own opinions about stuff. And, and yet uh, this complexity to Hawk's character doesn't really follow through. He becomes the kind of the granddaddy G.I. Joe, like everyone's yeah. Papa Smurf, basically. But also it's, it's early days in G.I. Joe. This is proto-G.I. Joe. I mean, the concept mm. is there, the, the, the excellent storytelling, the, the focus on the military, the kind of... Um, the twists and turns, I think it's it's all there, but definitely as the toy line gets more fleshed out, um, there is, I think, that, yeah, there is, and also with the cartoon existing as well, I think there is more of like Hasbro, um, like the yeah, there is a template that they not need to follow, but that is more like the heroes are heroes, the villains are yeah. villains. There isn't this ambiguity, this grayness to. Mm-hmm to the heroes necessarily they become heroes straight out like we're selling toys here the good guys kids gotta you know get behind the good guys so i think this sort of thing happens less often later on and so that's why you can have this kind of ambiguity early on before they become you know the action figures essentially yeah because it happens in a more subtle way as we go further on in the book Mm. that, that kind of and also like Again, yeah, it's weird that Devil's Juice coming up quite a bit in this episode, but mm. um, you know they did a lot with their GI Joe frontline um, run and sort of uh, some of the little things, and then even IDW in the beginning when they did some of the GI Joe origins and stuff. You know they did a lot of stories, or well, not a lot, but they did a, a handful of stories that did kind of link to the past. You know, like to Hawk when the original thirteen were operational. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does kind of give you a small window into him as a character a bit more like, I, I feel like there were writers in both Devil's Due and IDW that kind of went, yeah, they also recognize what we are seeing now as well as how dra- dramatically the character changed. And I think they also want to kind of find a way to link that, you know, to kind of piece that together in the mind. It's probably a very bold pronouncement, but I think the stories. Are more interesting where there isn't an attached toy line you know pushing yeah. sales and pushing the, the stories that kind of the type of story that needs to be told yeah i which can, I can be good and can also yeah. be bad as well as we're going to mm. see in issue 290 of gi joe well th- <laughs> this is definitely where you know like in the early run of the joe book you know like i said this is very prototypical because the toy line i think was like you know, it sort of just like hit shelves and they were still figuring out the brand and the language of the brand. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's why they, they were like, tell stories like this. Exactly. And they were told like, hey guys, you know, throw everything at the wall. Let's see what sticks and what works. And then eventually, you know, when the, when the, when they made a lot of money, they were like, well, now this is going to be how it works. And you have to write within these constraints and create within these constraints. So that's just just an observation, I suppose. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty and all. Not that it is actually twenty twenty because we don't know the full story. Why? How it all went down. Um, before we jump into two ninety, uh, just mm. because we have been talking about a great vintage uh, comic or retro GI Joe comic or 
what? however you guys want to refer to Retro. it. Uh, Retro. Larry Hammer's issue one is mm-hmm. being re-released now. I think it's part of that whole Skybound thing. And Where? yeah, they've they it's actually the sort of Larry Hammer cut. I'm of course making up that uh, subtitle because I can't remember exactly what it is. Director's cut, probably. Uh, probably some kind of, but it's because there there's some lines of dialogue that were apparently taken out um, before they published the book, and Larry Harmer reckons there's one piece of dialogue in particular that changes the whole narrative, and so this is definitely worth reading for every single GI Joe fan that exists and breathes. Um, so uh, when that book comes out, it'll be awesome to check out. Is um, the line we do the unspeakable and be forgotten? Yes, is that the line? That right, I imagine it is. Did I? That was the line that was going to be inserted into issue number one, but Hasbro didn't like the toys doing unspeakable things and being forgotten, so they changed it to we do the impossible and make it look easy. Mm. Far more uh, vanilla. Uh, reading of that line, but that line Aaron did Frenchy. see print. It did see print in the IDW run. So, Armor ah, circled back Incredible. and inserted it later to do the unspeakable and be forgotten. Mm. He did the unspeakable. A, it was a moment in GI Joe history. <clears throat> so now we have a fun. <laughs> so we got the fun cover for GI Joe two ninety. It's pretty rad. I like the style. Wow. It's hokey, but it's fun. <sighs> Pokey pokey. Which cover is that? Pokey pokey. Uh, mm. It's the one with the October Garden, and they're all drawn in a very stylized manner. They've kind of got the... this almost caricature-ish look to them. Why? It would and be the got... Heather Vaughan cover. Cover B. Oh my yes. God. Yeah. There we go. I quite There's like a sitrep that. that has been provided for us on this. Why? So we don't even have to invent our own summary. summary. Thank God. And it is a <laughs> a summary for this issue, and not just a block summary for the a summary story. For the summary. So uh, I shall read it. They are an Eastern block legend. They've gone toe to toe with GI Joe and Cobra more than once. They've even stood side by side with their American counterparts on occasion. They bring serious heat to the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one <laughs> they've celebrated victories they've suffered losses but somehow they've remained intact but wait how after said losses have they remained intact this month open up the top secret dossier remove those pesky redactions and find out the long awaited answers in spotlight October guard <laughs> the plot is um, the October God, to a lesser or greater degree, are cyborgs. Yeah. One of them is 100% robotic, that being Horosho. And his parts have gone glitchy. However, the parts are supplied by Revenge, and Revenge mm. now have stopped supplying to Russia. So they have to break into a Revenge facility to get parts to fix up their beleaguered Horosho and others. I mean, everyone seems to be um, coming apart at the seams on, on this mission. So they conduct a successful raid at Revenge Technologies um, uh, headquarters or one of the headquarters, uh, get the stuff and get out. The end. <laughs> but go. what the fuck? <laughs> the, 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 what? 
the October God or cyborgs? Yes. How did that yeah. strike you? Strike you guys? Uh, yeah. I was like, this is a bullshit. And, <laughs> and and you know what? Okay, so if you go right to the to the very beginning of this book, and they're in there, and and there's a thing where um they're speaking, and they're like, "Don't tell Harusho he's a cyborg." <laughs> Let's have this conversation right in front of him, but don't tell him he's all robot. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. right fucking there. How, did it, how he is, is he not hearing this conversation that they're having? It's a helicopter. Wait, it's not a helicopter. It's it's a car. It's very loud. I just well, think it's you, so ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. You'd be uh, correct in saying it's a helicopter and a car because they seem to have a flashback imposed on this sequence, which is very similar to the sequence. Mm. Which details them withdrawing from Sierra Gordo where they sustained their injuries. Uh, this is before they get replaced with cybernetic parts. Yes. <sighs> Man, it's just so confusing because they're like, they talk about how you can't let him know that he's that he's died and that he's like a cyborg because it'll overrun his AI. But they're having, like I said, they're having this conversation right there by him. So then mm-hmm. you think, okay, wait, never mind. Okay, let, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Horror show is clearly deaf. Okay, so then a horror show doesn't know he's a, a cyborg and stuff. Then I'm like, okay, that's kind of an interesting like thing to do. And then later on in the book, he full on knows he's a cyborg. So what the hell's going on in this book? Why have you mentioned? It's the ghost in the shell thing, though, Paul. That's what they're trying to do with this book, that he is 100% cyborg, and yet uh, Revanche should therefore be able to, to just switch Control him off. him. Like, yeah, his, some kind of remnant humanity uh, allows him to, to overcome the revenge uh, equipment yeah. and his programming, and he, he's able to save the day in spite of being 100% a robot. So is what there I'm... a spirit there? Is there a ghost? Oh, it could yeah. be one but or even, the other. I just, I, I just got well... confused with the like kind of logic <laughs> that they were just trying to put across here because I totally get those concepts because I love those concepts. It's a very strong sci-fi concept. It's just, I just feel like the writers had like this great idea, but I think the execution of it in those first few panels was so poor. Yeah, it's clunky. Okay. It's, 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 imagine, it's imagine that they're whispering to each other. Yeah, but maybe they're whispering. Yeah, you are you, desperate you, to say something, Pearl. Go for it. Oh no, no. I, I well, I, I was just. I, oh, I had such a good line to start this with, but anyway, what I <laughs> damn it. What's also clunky about this is that she's lying on the floor, and they like, oh gosh, she's dying, and then suddenly you have the the Superman panel, um, of where he's. Uh, Horisha is suddenly holding Dana in his arms. Oh, you know, God, he's like, yes. "Oh, she's dying. We need to save yeah. her." Yes, I mean that's. The, I think that was the first uh, use of it, but obviously it's been copied millions of times after that. Yeah. Then the I next time that. we see her, he's thrown her back to the ground, <laughs> and they're all holding her <laughs> wounds again. So he picked her up. He was like, "No, she must not die." And then, okay, get back Oof. down. On literally the next page. Mm. At the end of the, the next ground. Page. It's like, it's, yeah. are you not paying attention to what you like? Yes, you you really wanted that that standout panel. Like, ah, he's so sad. He's crying. His 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 uh electric sheep tears. Um, yes, <laughs> exactly. By Andrew Lee Griffith. 
Sorry, uh, Andrew, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus like that. It's beautiful art, but yeah, no, it's absolutely it gorgeous, doesn't, but doesn't make logical. It doesn't sense. make sense, unfortunately. You don't, um, you don't pick someone up who's bleeding out of their their their, their stomach and just yeah. turn them down again. Them back down again. Weird. <laughs> that is strange, and it did also arrest me as, as well. Um, let's not give this thing a diatribe. Let's let's try and pull some positive out of it, uh, mm. Paul. You've been outspoken on the subject, but is this something really that good you like. that you'd like to pull yeah. from? I will say, and, and I'm being like, it's going to sound cynical, but I'm, I'm really not being cynical. I generally mm. find everything in this comic book that isn't bright blue colored is actually quite fun to read, despite the clunkiness. Okay? Mm. It's when we get to the revenge stuff that, for me, it fell apart. So, so everything before that had me so invested. I was like, yeah, actually, okay, cool. The October gods, uh, uh, October God is our, our robots now, all cyborgs now. Cool. That's it's like it's like a hokey idea, but I was getting out, I was being sold on it, and I was like, this is really good. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, and they kind of seem to be a lot friendlier with GI Joe now, which is you know great as well. And you know, mm. horror show. In the back of my head, I was also like, yeah, well, horror show could have his whole like decker decade moment, you know, where he's gonna figure out that you know he may or may not be a replicant. And, um, you know, that's cool. And then he's still doing the right thing. He's still doing the human thing and whatever. And then when it gets to this highly advanced cybernetic, uh, like, thing, the revanche, they seem to be very technologically superior and they have all of this great knowledge and intelligence. But then they also have silly weaknesses. Yeah, it's yeah, like they never watched movies Flamethrowers, RPGs, and AK-47s, you know, antiquated weapons uh, seem to be more than a match. For everything mm. that Revanche throw at these guys, yeah, it's like laser swords and the the ultra mega. What was he called? Quantum Eradicator. <laughs> Quantum Eradicator. And then which also is a cool name like... for a very disposable bad guy. Like he's yeah. disposed of in the same issue that he makes his debut. We also, shall flatline all their systems. <laughs> I also get that like Dinos had like some shit, but. There's also like a weird continuity there because like now she's with them and she's got a bandage over her head. So, and it's weird because I thought she like pegged. I thought she, I don't know. I was just confused about she sort was, of how she got She to wasn't that point. dead, but they, they put her into the tanks. So they oh, were right. fixing her, but she hasn't been cyberized. She's been fixed in another way by the um, advanced uh, healing technology I, I, of the uh, you know, former USSR. And I feel like such Rob, a boob for just like not getting that, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's like, it, it's a it's a massive leap for anyone following the series. I can assure mm. you, gentlemen, that like there's no additional information really. Like this is what you get. This is this is the the gigantic explanation episode issues, I should say, for why the October Gods somehow waltz back into continuity after being, well, at least narratively, definitively killed off in special missions. Like you know, yeah. you know the, the trope of like if you see the body, that character's not coming back. Well, yeah, we see the bodies of Sturmovic and Shrej both dead mm. on a um uh, a switch track for a, a train. We see their dead bodies, like eyes open, mouth agape. Uh we see Colonel Brekhoff and Horoshow get vaporized by an explosive. Uh that looked pretty definitively uh, gonna kill them. Yeah. So like this is this is a retcon, and Larry has been on record saying like his entire run on GI Joe is a retcon of itself. Like yeah. it's always going to be wet cement. 
so th this is it this is your one issue explanation of that retcon um yeah i don't know it's it's perfectly comic book hokey but it it i mean it, it what, what they introduce in the issue i mean they use that information and they go with it so i mean at least internally it's it's yeah it's consistent probably my favorite thing about this issue is is the little sequence where the ultimate eradicator gets taken out the art is so uh, good where he's like he's burning hot and and then they kind of like douse him in the nutrient fluid or something and he kind of like yeah. he solidifies and he completely Physics, breaks bitch. apart and it's Double gorgeous dynamics. gorgeous gorgeous <laughs> art like yeah. it's it's really beautiful to kind of see him like f coming apart yeah like i also love the fact that this issue is about the october god like it yeah, was cool, it's just cool it was to cool. see them kind of like running around uh, killing robots i mean that, that's and i'll also say it. that out of all of the modern issues we've read this has been my favorite hmm yeah. It's self-contained. It's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Well, then I think it's time to rate these three issues. Whoa. Yeah. So that's a five from Paul for 290. Oh, yes. <laughs> Shall we start with 290? Yeah, let's go. Let's, let's do it. Two, what do you think, Paul? You're going to give it a, gonna... a three and a half? No, I'm going to give it like a three. Whoa. High yeah. praise. Uh, I, other, uh, it was a, it's, it's a bit too much to swallow. Like I, I suppose within con, not within context, but within like the broader context of the technological place that Giorgio is in, in the, in the latter 100 or whatever, um, it would probably make more sense to me, but it, it, to me, it's just, it's, I can't, I can't accept this issue. <laughs> It's just it's too much to to you know kind of like take in all at once, um, and I got to say I wasn't very well entertained by it. I mean it was it's 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 cool that it's a one shot, but I just can't, I can't uh, I can't jump that shark. Um, I mean my shark is not jumping over this. <laughs> you I go guess. fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I I, I prob I'm probably going to just give it a two. I think just do be consistent with my past self and just keep giving the, the later issues like not very good uh, ratings. Well, until they deserve <laughs> something better than that. Yeah, be for fair. sure. That's why I, I, mean, I, just, I, I can't get on board with this. My shark is, is definitely staying below the water. Also, like, uh, this, I, I don't know if this is like an important factor for you guys, but I was also upset that after reading this comic book, I didn't have any October God figures to reach to to play out some mm. like scenes. That, that was kind well, of as, a as comic well. book original characters, along with like Dr. Venom and that. Um, yeah, but jokes aside, I've got never a blue gonna ninja. Get toys. Yeah, you have a blue ninja, I've, but I mean, yeah, I've they, got one they, of those. Were, yeah, yeah, they were comic book know. conventions, you know. I mean, so it's they were never destined to have toys. I mean, obviously, after the fact, uh. Hasbro mm. should have picked up on like, oh wow, these characters are quite popular. Maybe we should actually convert them into figures. But yeah, well they did. They did eventually. The comic three I packs you can get. Yeah, yeah, and they're probably the most sought after of those comic book three packs. So they will command a, a higher course. premium. Well, mm. there we go. So, but I mean, but that Paul, means that let me put you out of your misery. Those own. things have, have tiny heads, so they'd bug you anyways. Like yeah, and <laughs> the modern era line is like. It's like a, a, it's either you buy the modern, uh, all the all of them in modern era, which is great, oh, or yes, you buy a Ferrari. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, are you giving this a tiny score, a big score? Are you? I'm with you, Rob. It's a, it's, a, it's a two out of five for me because of the 
the the unfortunate like like potential that this had mm. let's bring back the october god let's do a story focused on them showing their their origins but let's get them to do exactly what gi joe and cobra have been doing in previous issues and have them go up against revenge in a revenge facility fight the same fights but just it's just the october god or our avatars instead of gi joe or cobra it's like yeah come on right. narratively yeah. this is the same stuff as we like I, I guess i bring that lens i had read the run up to this point so this mm. trope this plot line of in like infiltrating a revenge facility is something that we'd seen play out a number of times now we're just getting the october god to do it for slightly different reasonings I, uh, it, it's a wasted opportunity and so it's an unsatisfactory backstory or retcon. And I don't like retcons to begin with. Like, mm, yeah. if you made a mistake, own up to that mistake. Own if it. you brought back characters because of fan service reasons, because people were saying, oh, bring back the October God, bring back the October God. Whereas, you know, they don't remember that the October God were definitively killed. So whether it was an actual Larry mistake or whether it was just a kind of a, eh, whatever people want these characters i've given these characters it doesn't matter like i'll i'll, I'll mm. fix it later in post like whether it was an error on his part or not they're back let's do something well interesting. i i unfortunately have to have to be that guy again and keep hopping on the poor lady but they have a research specialist um <laughs> you know I, she might have been were they not around back the October. no i think well, that's probably why might have been brought on after the october god were brought back maybe i don't know i don't know well All she's right. credited in this book so well then yes, that's fine yeah, yeah. She, she's yeah. keeping it like she probably brought up the fact hey the october god came back at some point didn't they but you killed them off in this previous issue larry what's going on and then larry was like okay i guess we've got to do an issue about it i think it was the fan response to sneak peek waltzing out of the dead um, that prompted IDW to hire Diana to just... Ah, it was a good move on, that, on IDW's on, part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it definitely I, I helps, think... especially for someone who lives in the moment, you know, as as as, as we keep saying Larry does. Like, he lives yeah, in, in the story. Why would he want to read his telling. own stuff? Why would he want to well, read Well, that, that's the thing, I you wouldn't. know, like, it would be... It's beneficial to have someone that does know, like, the history of Jai Joe to kind of, like... Not not temper, but be like, okay, if you do that, then it's going to conflict with this. At least it kind of like, it um, it helps with the people that do care a lot about the continuity. Um, so it's it's a good thing that she does. She is there. She was there to help out. I would love to see the version of this comic book where the October God are going into this re revenge facility with, uh, you know, they've asked for GI Joe's aid to raid mm. a revenge facility to get the technology to repair themselves because they have um, turned their backs on Russia, on the current, Why? like, whatever leadership is in Russia, you know, because, you know, in this book, they do say that, like, oh, wow, Russia has technology that we don't even know about. So then, but now revenge is pulled out of supplying Russia parts. But, like, Russia's resourceful, dude. Like, I'm pretty sure that they came up with this stuff, you know, before. So whatever's anyway i think it's would have been a, a more interesting story because now you could have a, a, a an october guy that's actually on the run from russia or the new you could have them on the run you know from the new october god who's probably trying to eliminate them now as well and mm. because they know so much 
and that could have been those could have been way more interesting characters and then they could have actually introduced a fun spin-off book or just brought in some deeper like elements um and and given us maybe a visual break from you know like given us revenge but then maybe you know alluded to the fact that there's something bigger to worry about as well but hey whatever like that's how i see it going down that doesn't mean i'm right it's just that's what i imagine could have been quite entertaining for me so but i think an interesting story to tell would be our ratings for six and seven yes uh Whoa. hey well, Rob, do you have around. that spreadsheet to hand i absolutely do hey. I, I i'm always so i've always got it around oh, yeah, it's awesome. um, are the october god like the reavers from uncanny x-men if i'm remembering correctly didn't the reavers have that guy who was like a tank on his lower half <laughs> uh i keep wanting to say sebastian <clears throat> shaw but it's not no, no, no. The Reavers were like cybernetic. They, you know, just get get put put back together and fight again. I think Lady Deathstrike was was One alive of them, with yes. them. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they definitely had that tank dude. I think became a Marvel builder figure. But yeah, no. The, the, unfortunately, Horror Show didn't have the bottom half of a tank. <laughs> <That would've laughs> but been, Horror Show is so cool, though. Who knows? Such a cool, Skybound like, limit. So we have omitted tanks for the memories number five. We need to circle back and do that one. We'll get it on sure. circle like tanks, as it were. Later episode, but six and seven, I'm going to give the same score to both because they're both equally excellent. Uh, yes. Five out of five. Stephen is in love with these issues. Yeah, I'm going to echo Steve's sentiments on that as well. I, I thoroughly enjoyed reading those books. I thoroughly enjoyed the art. The fact that we spent about an hour and a half. Uh, even a little longer, just getting into the nitty-gritty of everything in that book just proves why it should get five out of five. It's that good. It's like oh, a for good sure. movie. It's like it's... Operation Wingfield. I mean, it was just that for two hours. There's no oh, reason we weren't of... high scores. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you mentioned Operation Wingfield because I read the letters page uh, for episode seven, for issue seven, mm. and guys were mm. like praising uh, what they were doing with, with Operation Wingfield and the storytelling. They're like, this is some of the best storytelling in comics ever. Um, blah blah blah, etc. etc. I, I, I'm I would like to. I'm looking forward to our letters page episode in the future, Fascinating. where we get to like refer to some of our favorite letters comments because that that is like that's big research, that's something you can't like cook up in like two weeks before no, a show. You have to like no. consistently have a spreadsheet or something keeping aside your favorites, so six months at least. So, so get back to us in issue 485. Yeah, so like I, I'd even say for our listeners, hey, maybe join in on the fun and start collecting some of your favorite letters from the letters pages. And I hope you guys are sort of doing it here and there as well. Nobody's oh, expecting absolutely. To I've, got, I've got a spreadsheet. I, but, uh, I looked forward to the letters pages and kind of wanted to tell. We just ran out of time, basically. Responses absolutely. to these two issues would have appeared in perhaps issues nine and ten. Let us yeah, that's why. That's why it's going to be cool. Just like you know, keep it just like kind of revisit a, our favorite issues. You know, yeah, just have a note. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping like what I've done is I've got a little like uh, sticky notes thing up on my computer, and then I will see a letters page that I like from a specific issue. Like, so I've got the issue and the letter. Yeah, Bert Reynolds said this. He's like, "Wow, Dolly Parton was amazing in this. Nobody knew I was gay at the time. It's all good." And we then, have absurdly high ratings for this early oh, run. Oh, we absolutely love the early run. If you compare that to the, uh, if, if I can get there, if my computer would stop 
Well, we're still, we're still creating a, what's the word, a control, you see. So what's going to happen is we're going to encounter those issues that aren't going to be that good, you know, three out of five. And God forbid we'll actually encounter a modern era uh, issue that can like, crack three or four. Wow, yeah. that could happen. It's going to be Can horrible. you imagine? I, well, I almost want to throw us. A... Oh, sorry, Rob? No, no, I, I, I stopped when you, you said a cool line. I was, I was going to say. Finish a cool I, line. I would love to throw a spanner in the works by making us do a cover to, or like making us do a small review on the GI Joe Origins series that IDW did at one point, wow. which I thought was personally, I thought it was really awesome. And I know that's the yeah. kind of thing Stephen hates because it's kind of like retconning certain things. But you're an absolute um, wild man. I appreciate we'll get the there. Effort. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We will in about get five there. years. Uh, so, right, gentlemen, I'm gonna rinse through some some new shit that I acquired. Yes, please do, because I oh, want to talk geez. about a cool new thing as well. Yeah, so yes, I want to hear about all your cool new shit. Show me pictures, Stephen. It's Father's Day, or it was. Um, it's oh, a happy Mon Day. Monday morning for me, so I, I got myself some toys to Monday morning to, to for me too. Make Whoa. me a happy lad. Um, the anti gravity pod, Destro's <gasps> flying. It's it's something that didn't see release in South Africa, so I wouldn't have had a like an actual plastic awareness of it. But I do recall it from A, the video game, and B, mm -hmm. a coloring in book that I had around <laughs> that time. I was like, what are these things? So yes, I have held off getting it for the longest time because if I don't have a nostalgic connection to it, it's not high up on my, my wants list. However, as a fan of the video game, and it being a sort of a mid-level boss, I did want to get it just for that that collection. And I must say, it's 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 all right. It's kind of a middling vehicle. The, the design of it is fun without making a whole lot of sense. Um, it looks futuristic and Destro-ish. It's in that red and black, which is always a handsome color combo with the gold accents. It gives the Iron Grenadiers some air power. Is it a helicopter? Is it a VTOL? Well, is it a jet? It's kind of all three of those things and none of those things. It's its own <laughs> thing. It is an anti-gravity pod. What is the anti-gravityness of it, do you do you say? I mean, if, if it's a VTOL, then it's not anti-gravity. But if you think about it, if those engines tilt down as they do and blast straight down, they're going to be blasting that lower wing surface. Mm. So my explanation is, and this lines up very nicely with issues six and seven of G.I. Joe, is <laughs> that Destro got the anti-gravity technology and pioneered this craft. So those thrusters aren't used for vertical lift at all. That's used for forward propulsion. This yeah, speed, yeah. Like, yeah. A, like a Star Wars repulsor lift vehicle, has anti-gravity technology in it. It can hover. And that's mm -hmm. why it doesn't have landing gear, because... In a kind of a powered down neutral neutral state yeah. uh, or passive state, it just it float. hovers. It floats just off the ground. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a tie fighter. How's or like the, a the maglev train? Yeah. How's the gold plastic holding up? Fine, perfect. It's pretty mm. hardy. Yeah, for whatever reason, like they'd they'd figured it out by then. It's they a. Yeah, you know, that's more... like the brown. That's more brown plastic, if you know what I mean. Like. It's, it's more of a yeah. waxy kind of plastic. It's not the hard mm. plastic that would have gold plastic syndrome. It's um, like that the so spoiler it's... has the same thing. That's good to yeah. hear. 
Mm. Also, um, I got this obviously secondhand. Obviously, the seller mm. said it was dead mint. Obviously, the seller's just giving me sales pitch. It wasn't dead mint. It was Those pretty scuffed. Liars. And the front, like it's the black part of the vehicle is two halves that get clipped together. The mm -hmm. front wasn't clipped. And I was Son freaking out gun. because a broken clip at that point, the vehicles had it, basically. Tickets. You'll never yeah. get those two halves to meet. And that becomes problematic because then you'll never get the canopy to lock down. The canopy yeah. has a tab that gets inserted into the front. And if there's a split there, that tab won't have any friction. So it'll just keep popping open. It'll just keep, you know, you'll invert it and boop, canopy will flip open. It, it doesn't even lock down. It wouldn't even kind of like, like yeah, there would be a gap. So 30-year-old toy, I, you know, I wince. I close my eyes and I <laughs> I apply pressure to the two halves. And it, it takes a lot of pressure. But I hear that click. I'm like, did I break it? I try pulling it apart. Nope, it's not broken. The plastic was still okay. For Thank 30 years, well, for 30 years, sure. that, that clip has been bent and yet I was able to click it together and it has engaged itself and it is now locked. Yeah. Touch wood. It will remain that way. Beautiful. I also have bat fever running through my household at the, at the bottom, moment. Bottom, bottom, bottom. This film might be an absolute turkey. I mean, reviews <laughs> say that it's kind of middle of the road. It's, it's not going to blow up anyone's uh... keaton isn't in it enough apparently but oh yeah. no well Sorry about i've that. been re-watching keaton batman and fortunately at uh big oh, w batman. which is which is australia's answer to walmart we have the the spin master like basic mm -hmm. three and three or four inch toys so cool. and they've got the eddie and batmobile for Beautiful. like 24 us dollars i got it for 35 australian so it's cheap as chips comes with two figures fits one I had to carve out the seat because the damn, like, ah, oh, it does this irritating thing that so many Spin Master vehicles do. And that's the character basically, Spins. like, it lies flat inside. So mm. it completely disappears from view. And I'm like, no, mm. Batman needs to sit up. You need to see his that's face. A proper G.I. Joe vehicle. So I carved mm. the seat down so that he could sit and, and be visible in the cockpit. Um, but the Batman itself, fantastic figure. He looks like Michael Keaton. Yeah, know? he does. There's a Keaton-esque look to him. Uh, as I say, Bat Fever has run through my household, so I got Batmite, uh, aka uh, I got a, a Lego minifigure of the 1989 Batman. So cool. Uh, they actually call it the Batman Returns Batman. I'm not entirely yeah. sure what the differences in the, the uniform are, but he looks, he looks shiny. Cool, they call it the Returns one. Interesting. Yeah, mine on the, oh wait it's one of the it, it's a poly bag lego figure so it just comes in a bag and it's under ten dollars and i'm like oh that's an easy pickup that's an impulse Sold. buy um yeah lovely lovely to see the the cape it's like a hard plastic piece that's married to it. the cowl because like, yeah famously that bat costume you couldn't move the neck he had to turn his whole body yeah. so this is authentic <laughs> to that and i love, love posing the Lego minifigure next to the Spin Master four-inch figure because it is absolutely Batmite in this Beautiful. universe. It's sort of chibified. Also, his Batarang. We were talking about this earlier with Legends of the Hidden Oh, the Lego Force. one. The yeah. Lego Batarang fits nicely in the 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 um <laughs> the four-inch figure's hand. 
So, so bonus cool. accessory. And, then and you get like three flash. of them. Yeah, you did uh. four. I got four. Did you get three? Oh, nice. I got three. The included flash is interesting because it's a Batman figure. <laughs> it's a Batman figure, which is great. This is this is young Barry. So I guess the plot point in the movie, spoiler, I mean, but it is in the plastic. Um, the sculpt uses the Batman Returns bat suit and just spray paints ah. it red and spray paints and the lightning bolts and sets himself on fire. Cool. <laughs> it spray paints the lightning bolt symbol over the bat symbol. I love that. That's so clever. I mean, it, it's just it's clever it's cool. and it's smart marketing too. It's cool that the sculpt of this tiny. Mm four-inch figure is savvy enough to have that detail it's yeah. not just flat it is it is a batman body but paints it up to be a flash and with the ears cut off very deliberately cut off you can still see the stumps huh love it there's someone sitting in the factory cutting them off <laughs> <laughs> how authentic so, what do you get paul I got the same Lego minifigure as you, Steve. Wow. I got uh, my baggy said it was called him eighty nine Batman. Uh, what? Oh, so maybe it's actually a different one. You guys should compare. Yeah, it might actually it not little... be the same figure. Yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering now. Um, and he got he's got this little gargoyle base that you build for him, and he's got one batarang that you put on the base, one that you can have in his hand, and one extra which you can't put anywhere other than losing it. Because um, I think so, I think the difference between eighty nine and returns, I think his costume was much blacker. There was more black accents in the in in returns, but this is just me like off the top of my head trying to mm. remember. Yeah, Steve's gonna share some video with us. Oh, da, da, Batman nineteen ninety two. Is what the ah. blind, uh, the poly Well, says. well, well. The more important thing is that number above it. So Stevens is three zero six five three. What is yours, Paul? Uh, that is a damn good question. I have because no idea where my baggie is. I know we can't even uh, compare no. now. Anyway, so that was the one new figure I got, Whoa. and <laughs> and Robbie, this yeah. one's actually for you. Uh, <gasps> so, oh my uh, goodness, we were sent a handful Preview. of figures by Greg Crockett. Um, Group. thank you, Greg. Again, lost and found twice. Greg and Matthew, I got on, uh, lost and found twice, and I got um, Rob's figures with me now. And I'm just doing a small modification to one of them before I send them off to him, Rob, which is why you don't have them. But I figured you might want to see this, my dude. So, I am your, very whoa, so those aren't dreadlocks. Your Lady J came without any hair, <laughs> so dead mint figure. To- but clearly the adhesive had released. My theory is it was carded and the hair, just because it changes in temperature, the hair fell off in the bubble. And so the owner was That's like, That's a good oh. theory. So, well, no, a completely unique figure. She looks good, Paul. She Thank looks you, better than Wait. good. She, the, Paul has sculpted using a green substance. Well, green stuff. Yeah. Green stuff. Well, green stuff. Has sculpted green hair. Stuff. So now it's not just Lady J, it's Lady J Joker variant. Very <laughs> yeah. cool. I mean, but I will be painting. I hope you do the, the makeup. All but right. the hair is better than the, the standard figure's hair. You've outdone yourself, Paul. Thanks, bud. Well, now I have um, a completely original version. I have a Paul version. This is wonderful. Yes, and this is the first time I've done hair sculpt here, Rob. So you have the first oh, hair sculpt I've ever modeled in my life. 
and you sign uh, this is all thing. thanks and this is also um thanks to um jim uh to jim Godfrey, uh who gave me some really great advice when i was doing this and so oh, fantastic yeah. thank so, it's a team effort this is definitely gonna make ugh, i'm so happy it's special yeah. right i yeah mm. so I've just had to wait for that hair to cure, and then I can paint it. The paint will dry quickly, and I'll put it in a box and have it on its way to you ASAP, my dude. Yo, Joe, we can talk about some new Joes all together because I haven't really spoken oh about the God. stuff that Greg sent to me either. Um, I just to close this up, Paul, you you popped some cherry by giving Lady Jason hair. I popped some cherry uh -huh. by drilling out my first rusty screw. <sighs> I did it. I bought the that power must have tool. been a harrowing experience. Yep, in that Terradrome lot, I got 16 figures, and not all of them were in, in well, what, there were a few broken O-rings and one very munted screw. It was rusted to pieces, couldn't drill it out. I mean, couldn't munt it, yeah, term. it absolutely <laughs> is. But it typically is used here to describe screws that are screwed. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I went to the hardware store, bought an electric drill and some small drill bits, and I got to work on this guy. It was a, a wetsuit, obviously. I mean, of course, the, the figure that gets played with in water would have a rusted screw. And I have to <laughs> pat myself on the back. It was a successful operation. Yeah. Zero uh, damage done to the figure. I just drilled it and drilled it, drilled it. I mean, counterintuitively, I thought a wider drill bit would take off as much of the head as possible and and then and free it quicker. But actually mm. it was a narrower drill bit that that ultimately did the job because a narrower drill bit just separated the head from from the thread. You mm. just want to get that that very innermost part separated. There's no sense in trying to erode the the widest part of the head yeah, you know, yeah. Dr the drill sense, bit though. is always going to be tapered anyways so you're always going to just be removing the the center but yeah like eh, so satisfying to hear that click and to know that it was the metal that gave way and not the plastic hell yeah. love it i'm i'm, I'm, also, now I'm, I'm emboldened guys any rusted screws i'm i'm gonna break out the drill and get to work baby so if i can oh, just yeah. give you a bit of a like some a pro tip there just just try and be careful with um, the speed of the drill sometimes because if it heats up that screw too much, it's going to actually kind of melt into the plastic a bit. I speak wow. from experience. I was very cautious and slow. I mean, good. my whole approach was yeah. cautious from the get-go because I, I spent a good long while trying to find a reverse drill bit in that size, which I don't think exists. Um, because, you know, mm. getting a, a, a left-hand turning drill bit uh, that small would have the results of like not screwing the screw like you know you you want to avoid screwing the screw any further into the torso of course if yeah. a, a drill bit kind of bites down on that screw and then starts turning it into the plastic it's just gonna push through or crack <sighs> the plastic or both um but no i couldn't find that so the best thing man. was to just go absolutely like glacially speeded like just just turning just shaving off a little bit of metal each time and it worked and i'm delighted but oh, yeah, yeah paul probably. i think your your experience was with a much earlier figure you had a, a torpedo. yeah i, I had I a yeah um, um 1986 but... and onwards the figure or oh, 85 even the torsos are just a bit more beefy mm. and the, the screw boss is also thicker 
Nine times bigger than the Stonecraft. Thanks to you, Han, as well. I got that. Um, I although I, d I couldn't use it to make my torpedo um descrewing easier, I at mm. least made um, I at least saved my spirit, which is quite cool, and also my dock. You saved your spirit, your spirit is intact. Fantastic. Yeah, well, now I could at least, yeah, so yeah, sounds like uh, yeah, this has been quite a bumper episode, and sounds like we're all having like awesomeness. Wait, Paul, that. you've got a specific tool for doing it, so so. Yeah, so Johan sent me a like a screw bit, a, a, a drill, like a special head, and it's hey, got like Joe Mauler like... works to the rescue. And <laughs> dude, I would have totally sent it to you, but you had literally like as I got it, you were getting on a plane to Australia because Should I, have I even sent you a message to like go, hey, when are you leaving? And you're like, I'm already on the plane, dude. Yeah. I'm like, out of here. Oh, but but fuck. so because what is what does oh, this yeah, tool okay. do to everyone? So who what is it does is so if the head breaks off right what it does is mm -hmm. it's like a little claw and it kind of uh you know hooks into what's left of the screw and then mm -hmm. helps to like pull it out and so but that's gets, only like, if of... the head has broken off so my that's, argument yeah. is, is wouldn't wouldn't the the two halves of the torso then just fall apart anyways yes they would but then you want to get that screw out to replace the yeah. screw, right i so use the yeah. i use yeah. the needle nose pliers and just gave it a good Good. Yeah, you could do that, or if you basically cut out a, a new shape for the for a, a, a screw, you know, yeah. or a thing to be able to kind of turn it out. I think, I think first there's lots of to just solutions. turn out that, that old screw and that, yeah, yeah. It needle nose twice will, will, uh, yeah. will turn yeah. out for what? <laughs> I mean, as long as you've got a little bit of that thread exposed, like if the, if it's completely disappeared into the, the torso, you are screwed. No dice. Yeah. yeah. No, no diggity. You have Gents. to have a precision instrument. Yeah. Let's yeah. thank our patrons once again. Thanks, everybody, month to month. Yes, if you go to patreon.com slash GI Joeberg, you too can join the Berg Force, be here live when we record these episodes, get other bonus materials, and uh, just be a general all round awesome dude. Awesome dude. However, if uh, if uh, times is tight, we totally understand. You are an awesome dude or dude it or person of undisclosed gender. Uh, even yeah. for listening, yeah, what have you? Share, yeah, subscribe, do things. <laughs> we hit thank the you bell, for joining us the on like. this. Or should I say, thank you for hitting the bell and the likes. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks for being yep, cool, yep, people. Yep. Catch yeah. you on the next you rock. two nine four. Mm. And uh, we'll thank you again for flying our GI Joeberg shirts at Trophist. That was really cool. for sure. Nice. Join us two ninety four. We might actually finally uh, say thanks for the memories. Two nine four issue five. Five. Yo, yo.
Blue, blue, blue.